0: Hello. Welcome to Intimate Discourse. My name is Jason. This episode, The Bitcoin Overture, was recorded in Toronto, April 17th, 2022. Thanks for listening. Hello, everybody. Um, welcome to Intimate Discourse. Uh, my name is Jason, and I'm here with Dimitri. Hello. And uh, um, today, yeah, today we're going to mostly be talking about Bitcoin. Uh, and um, in, in its various I, I'm not really sure where uh, our conversation is going to go um, we, I guess we want to touch on you know what it is and uh, it's hard to gauge whether this is something that we want to um, have any sort of assumption of like prerequisites uh, to listen to and I, I think it's best if we just kind of go in like uh, you know people, people listening to this might, and probably will already know a lot of this, but um, we're just going to do a bit of an overview and uh, then move from there and um, just sort of see where the conversation takes us. So thanks for joining us. And um, how are you doing today, sir? Me, fantastic. Yeah? yeah. You sound fantastic. Yeah, thank you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and look fantastic, well, if I can be honest. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure. Where do you want to start here? I think, um, like... W- should we go into the, the what is Bitcoin? Like you know, everyone's obviously heard of it, and uh, well,
1: um, yeah, we could start with the what is Bitcoin, and then how perhaps convince me why I should really care?
0: Okay, yeah. So we're coming at it from a couple of different perspectives. Yeah. Like you, um, you've I you know I think you've known about it for a while, but you haven't really yeah. done much research, or and you don't own any Bitcoin probably, nope. um, and uh, the. Yeah, I've, I've been, I would say I've been really into Bitcoin since 2017, um, which is when there was a big, you know, bull market thing. I was actually into it just before then. Incredibly, I didn't profit from it. <laughs> like, I almost had to, um, you know, uh, go out of my way not to make any money out of it. And um, just some poor decisions uh, led me to not, not make anything out of it. Um, but uh, yeah, I'd heard about it before then, um, but I never really, you know, I never minded or anything. Like, there was like um uh, you know i i knew people who would mine like you know the seti mm-hmm. or not mine but they would use they would run programs to search for you know extraterrestrial life or crunch prime numbers for like you know um nasa or whoever it is but use their computing power for that but i don't, I don't think i even knew anybody who mined bitcoin mm. and um well if i did maybe our our mutual friend uh, from university might have yeah <laughs> I, I
1: don't know why i didn't get into it because i heard about it early um, I love technology. Always been into technology. Yeah. I love digital uh, banking. I use it all the time. Uh, yeah, I even use primarily Tangerine, which here in Canada is Canada's only direct banking. Like they have no physical <coughs> locations, and I right. feel totally secure with that. And you know, even before they were backed by Scotiabank you know, when they were just from the Netherlands, I believe. Yeah. So I've been using the since orange. the '90s, to be quite honest. Yeah. Uh, I just for something about Bitcoin, there was sort of the, this wall, mental wall. Like, what is this? How come there's no physical representation whatsoever? Yeah. Like a building that if I have a problem I can walk into and say, please help me. Yeah, I, I think, think that might have been the hurdle that just, uh, you know, because money's hard to come by. So you, you definitely want to take a chance. And, of course, risk and reward. The more risk, the more reward. But for this, for some reason, and I was living abroad, too, for about a decade, I didn't have time to really research this thoroughly, Mm -hmm. and by the time I got around to it, it kind of felt like the boat had passed.
0: Yeah, it felt uh, in 2017, funny enough, when I first started getting into it, and um, a friend of mine sort of, well, we both sort of mutually got into Ethereum at the same time, and Ethereum was like trading at $11 at that point, and um, I, I started, I was... I looked at Bitcoin and I was like, oh, it was like 500 bucks or something. I was like, there's no, I mean, I've lost, I've missed the boat on that mm-hmm. one, like in terms of investment. Um, so I started, uh, I was like, you know what? I'm going to wait. I'm going to do this right and not like take out a loan or anything. I'll just save money and I'll start putting money into Ethereum. And then it started going up and going up. And finally it was like, you know 37 42 i'm like I, I basically missed the boat on this now too mm. um so i'm like you know what though i i had that you know i just had like fomo so i was just like i started buying it and i had quite a bit of ethereum at one point and um and then it started going up and uh, um i won't get into the absolute tragedy of what happened uh, throughout my life in that year but it was uh, i suffice to say I, I i did have a lot of ethereum and i even got into bitcoin and then it just the um I started getting a little too clever with my trading, and mm. clever I'm using ironically, yeah. uh, and it, and it just I just um, I lost uh, uh, you know I lost everything that I put into it, um, and uh, and that's not, not just me trying to be <laughs> coy and having a good opsec. I, I'm just I, I legitimately just you know I didn't lose everything, but it, mm. but most of what I had you know I still look back and it just pains me. And the only solace I get out of that is I, I, there's a lot of other people I know that. Um, well you know from forums and stuff like that that also did the same thing and I think that that's just really what trading in general is, is can, like, I, can I ask yeah. a
1: personal question hmm. did you go negative or just close to negative
0: I well I went negative, negative I mean I, yeah. I did t- you know put money in that never yeah. came back okay. like for sure well, sometimes and I li- I just not try- a little bit. I just yeah, it's a lot.
1: Yeah, sometimes I just I know. you know, education costs money too. University these days, so I'm like, well, it's, it's a semester yeah. of school. I learned something.
0: Yeah, you know, that's why I used to say that to uh, you know my friend when we were training, and you know, I just mm-hmm. constantly lose, and I would always say, I'm well, learning so much. Yeah, something <laughs> something to put into the old uh, learning book, and I was like, you know, joke about yeah. it being so like this ma- mighty tome that was yeah. so thick because uh, it just uh, accumulated so many losses, but. Yeah. Anyway, that's really one side of it. The whole trading thing is like, I, I think, you know, I mean, certainly that's, I, I could talk about that all day because it, I still, I find it interesting and it's uh, it's fun to do. I, I think I've learned a lot as a trader. I mean, I don't, obviously I don't do it professionally, but I do like on the side, I like to trade a little bit, but it's much smaller amounts now. And, um, uh, it, but I, but it's a separate thing from really what Bitcoin is. It should never, um, I think it, it is a uh, profound um shift in how society can deal with um value and uh i think that that's really the critical thing not to mention the technologies that are emerging from it um like the whole idea the blockchain like the this uh, monumentally genius idea of um having decentralized consensus which is um you know there's certain ideas that come along that are just transforming to society and it's like how did nobody ever think of this before and uh, well, Bitcoin is one of them, um, and uh, yeah, uh, you, you can you can see how um, how we'll benefit as a society from it. You can see how. I, I mean, I think it's incredibly important in terms of almost as people taking back uh, financial ownership from um, you know governments that have been, I think, fairly careless with um, with money. Um, um, not to the same extent that I was in 2017, but <laughs> fairly careless with uh, the people's money to the point where we have, you know, outrageous debt uh, sort of across the board. And um, I think this is—I think this is sort of a chance to, um, if, if it's done right and, and Bitcoin is sort of rolled out properly, I, I don't—I wouldn't say it's inevitable, but I do think that if we if we play our cards right, this could be a really solid financial um, basis. Uh, for the future of... Would it,
1: would it remind you of, in human evolution, of times like where we were, uh, you know, pre-agricultural uh, phase where we were hunters and gatherers and now you're just mining, mining and gatherers, let's say, uh, Bitcoin and keeping it unstint to yourself with no institutions
0: and it's as secure as you can look after
1: it or something like that?
0: Yeah, like I think it's, I think it really... Autonomous humanity? I think that we've gotten so used to the government taking care of us um, in many aspects of our life that it's a strange thing for a lot of people. And I think it's maybe a bit of a barrier at this point anyway. Um, Because the onus really is on you. Like it really is the fact that you're, you know, as somebody who buys Bitcoin, you are you got to take care of that Bitcoin. Like you have to make sure that you store it securely. You're responsible for that security. And I mean, you know, it can be intimidating when you start out. Like Mm. um, you you just have to sort of, you have to know what you're doing to some extent. I mean, you 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 still sort of proxy it. Like you can save it, um, you know, in an ETF or you can save it in some way. There's still some oversight, but it's Mm. um, like sort of vicariously, but you can't, if you want to actually own Bitcoin, you have to really take your own, you have to have your own keys basically. So So,
1: why don't we start with what is Bitcoin? Exactly, yeah. yeah, I I I can start to like punch at this back a little bit when I figure what's going on here. Because again, I'm, fascinated i love technology i really can't believe why i'm not involved with this uh, at all i've never even downloaded an app to look into it or whatever and uh, something in my instinct says this is the future i'm not not quite sure if it's this iteration of it but um i think i represent a large portion of humanity who's really curious but just hasn't made that step to put their first dollar in there
0: right right and yeah and it it is um um yeah it's difficult to it's a bit of a barrier it's it's technologically complicated but it's it can be i always think of it like you can sort of get out of it whatever you want if you just want to own some bitcoin it's easy to buy bitcoin um you know you can go to buy it through coinbase or whatever i think there's some canadian uh, you know um uh, there's various exchanges that you can actually you know just basically deposit money then you get um some bitcoin in return and then you can store that on a wallet. There are how-tos on wallets, all of which I can explain. But uh, just to, but you can you can also get a little more into it. So you're actually doing what you should do with Bitcoin, which is kind of owning it yourself, protecting it yourself. And uh, and also I'll sort of step through a yeah. bit of the how-to. I have a lot of questions. Good. Really I can think of to sort of um, conceptualize it would be to thinking of, instead of thinking about Bitcoin as a thing, think of the fact that you would have an account and the account can be like your home address. So say you have one home, you live in that one home. The question would be how much Bitcoin do you have in that home? Um, the home in this sense is sort of an address, so like a home address. You can have, if you, if I wanted, if you wanted to buy something from me, uh, sorry, if I wanted to buy something from you and um, you, you have some service or whatever that I'm buying from you and you say okay that's uh, you know, X number of Bitcoin and uh, usually these days it's a fraction because one bitcoin is a lot of money so it's like I mean if I'm buying like you know Lamborghinis from you or something (laughs) you're like oh it's two bitcoin um but it's uh so I would um then send that to your address so I would just it's like as if I were to mail a letter to your home and that letter the fact that you have that at your home that's your bitcoin so you have that much in in bitcoin now the rest of the world that is in the Bitcoin network knows that that's your Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And they know it because it's associated with your home address. Mm-hmm. So as long as you have that address, um, as long as you're living in that home, that's your Bitcoin.
1: But they can't tell who I am personally or what I purchased.
0: They can't. They they can't in in a uh, practical sense, but they they could uh, sort of infer it if you were to, you know, if, if you're... Um, so they, so you have an address and that's where your Bitcoin is. And you could say that if it's a house, you have the keys to that house. You're the only one that has the keys to that house. Mm -hmm. So as long as you keep the keys safe, you'll always have that Bitcoin. Now, if you want to send that Bitcoin to somebody else, um, you know, in terms of anonymity, which, which is what you're getting at is, um, you could say, well, uh, if you sent one Bitcoin to, um, you know, if every morning you bought a, a coffee at Tim Hortons with Bitcoin, then and it was at a certain location, and if somebody was trying to infer who owned that house, like that address, they could say, okay, he probably lives around here because this person always goes there. And also, they bought that same address. Mm bought uh, something else somewhere else. It's uh, like they're triangulating. Yeah, so you can thing. eventually yeah. kind of deduce who owns it if you are if you really wanted to, and I think yeah. that's how like governments might be able to track it. However, the beauty of it is there are, I wouldn't say an infinite, but there's a lot of addresses that you could potentially do. So you could have your home address and be like, okay, well, I have this much money here, I have this much Bitcoin here, and, uh, but I want to have a second house mm. that I use just for like purchases, um, you know, just when I'm buying weapons or something. <laughs> uh so you have a second that with that second address then you can just do those one
1: man's starbucks on the man's ak-47 <laughs> right, right.
0: <laughs> you can so you can use different houses or different addresses for different um things so it, so it, it becomes versatile that's when i say like it can sort of be what you want it to be like the more you learn about it the more you kind of learn all the things that are possible uh within but sort of wouldn't it
1: be to the advantage and be almost like a, v, a vpn where you just have no idea you scrambles and yeah you know
0: so you could do that. Um, but the thing is, is that address is still going to be associated. So like if you were just buying things online and you wanted to hide like, you know, your IP address or whatever, you could actually VPN somewhere, buy whatever with Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. But that address. So this is the thing with Bitcoin, which is kind of remarkable. There's no privacy in the sense of um, like I can all, like anybody that's anybody that examines it that looks on like a, yeah. a, an explorer can always see every transaction. So it's a like,
1: transparent ledger.
0: It, not only not only is it um, like not only is that like that's a feature like mm-hmm. that the fact that it's transparent is mm-hmm. why it works mm-hmm. because like um, part of the blockchain is that you're able to um, see every transaction like you have this to, is
1: incredible so it's actually really private but completely transparent
0: it's private because nobody knows which address so let me let me back up just a little bit just so it's um, I'll, I'll just talk about addressing and so let me talk a little bit about private uh, and public key cryptography so and I'm going to do this real simple it 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 took me a long time like I work sort of in this industry a little bit so like but I so I, I knew I knew about it but I for to intuitively understand it has always been something that I couldn't wrap my head around and then I there was uh, this youtuber um, who did this video and kind of analogized it with color and it was the thing that kind of clicked it made it click with me but so I'll sort of try to Explain this quickly. So the idea of public and private key. So the problem with the internet is like, how do you get for banking? Like, how do you how do you securely log into a bank site? Right, you go to your HTTPS colon whatever, and you know how do you make that communication private? Because you're you don't know like if you're transmitting information to somebody else, you have to have some way to agree upon like a secret code or something, so it's encrypted, right? Like you have to have encryption of some kind. You know, back in the old days, they used to have like the Caesar cipher where they would like, um, you know, you would have a message like Caesar would send to his generals like a message. And it would be like the words, you know, you would spell a sentence like, let's let's invade like, I I don't know, Pompeii today or whatever. I guess you wouldn't some other let's invade Gaul today Mm. (laughs) and uh, or let's cross the Rubicon today. And uh, we're going to we're going to cross the Rubicon at 5 p.m. or whenever it happened. And um, but all every letter would be shifted five space is over. Mm. So him and the general would have to have agreed beforehand that, okay, I'm going to send you this letter, Mm. whatever the message is, it's going to be sort of encrypted. um, So you won't be able to actually read it. The only, the key to it though, is if you shift every character over five letters, then you'll get the message and it'll make sense to you. So as long as they know that key, as long as they both know that it's five, then they can figure out what the message is. Mm. So encryption, you know, obviously has, you know, changed a lot since uh, Caesar's time, but the principles are sort of the same you still need to have some way of transmitting a, a secret key to the other person so that the other person knows what this what the um yeah you know what the key is yeah. like so the question becomes how do you how do you do that in, over the public internet and the answer is there's something called um asynchronous encryption and what you have with that is this public private key um system whereby you have uh, a public key. Every every key pair has a public and a private key. The public key is something that you offer. So if um, if I'm going to log onto your website, I know what your public key is because it's public to everyone. Mm-hmm. You're the only one who knows what the private key is. Mm-hmm. And on my side, I have a private key and I have a public key as well. And it's the same same uh, you know uh, thing on my side. Like I know what the private key is, but nobody else does. You have to keep the private key private. Um, The beauty of private and public key cryptography is that those two keys are always linked so that, for example, if I want to send you a message, I would sign the message with my private key, send it to you, and you would be able to decrypt it with my public key. Mm -hmm. But you could never send me a message that used my private key like you could never sort of pretend to be me you would have to have the private key which i I have have. so intuitively to grasp that is is kind of difficult like it's it's uh based on numbers and they use like um um uh modular arithmetic like it's like Mm. uh, you know taking the modulus of something or whatever but um the bottom line is it's um those two, the private and the public key, are linked, and so this is critical for like security on the internet and, and in Bitcoin. Um, and I you know I won't I won't go down the, like you know it's, it's a whole rabbit hole, but that's the principle: is that as long as you have a, you have a private key that is just yours and a public key that can be to everyone, and you can sign anything with that private key that says this is mine, and everybody can verify that by saying it must be his because the public key matches. Mm -hmm. How does this apply to Bitcoin, uh, this public private key cryptography? Um, It's the same principle, like you have your home address and everybody knows your home address. Like you want, I want to send you some Bitcoin, I know what that is, that's your public key. Um, And if you, but if you want to send Bitcoin to somebody, you have to use the key, like the key to your house, we'll call it, that's your Mm -hmm. private key, and you have to sign it with that, and that you're then able to, use that to, to um, make your, tra- to it, basically people can verify that that is sent by you and you alone. And that's why you're able to transfer the Bitcoin and nobody else can. So it all, it all relies on public uh, public private key cryptography. And uh, that trick was really leveraged by like Satoshi Nakamoto uh, to, to develop the first white paper for Bitcoin or the and white paper for Bitcoin.
1: Has anyone really breached this sort of
0: no, Digital that's handshake the thing. Shake of sorts, yeah. So, yeah, like so there are more um aspects to it all, but um yeah, I mean if anyone ever did break this cryptography, like it would be um the end of modern like technology. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there are um uh Using, so like, um, yeah, like everything uses it online now, like every, you know, HTTPS, anything is is using the same underpinnings of
1: this. Yeah, so it's no less secure than what we're already doing.
0: No less secure than we're already doing. And and the reason that this all works is because the numbers that are being used to make these, to develop these uh, key pairs are so large that... um, like you know it's been compared to you know, I, I don't know the exact amount but it's sort of like around like the number of atoms in the universe is the number of key pairs there can be so you can always say like you could sit here and be like okay i'm gonna keep because you can guess these keys right like it, it can be like i want to just sit there on my computer and keep guessing a, and just say like a, use a private key and s- keep checking to see if there's like any mm. any bitcoin stored in this account and you can keep doing it but it's like um, at least with our com- uh, computing power now, like infeasible that you would ever find anything statistically. So um, like you you could technically have all the oxygen in the room just congregate into one corner and you just choke to death, right? It's just so infeasible that it wouldn't happen. That's awesome. Yeah. So like, um, yeah, it's pretty, uh, I mean, it's a pretty revolutionary idea and it's it's beautiful. Like, I mean, uh, and, and, you know, I'll tell you more about the proof of work and stuff like that. Like, it, it's it's the way it was designed to achieve this decentralized consensus. And, um, you know, I don't know if I should go there next or if you... Uh
1: no, no, you're explaining what it is. But, like, okay, that's the encryption sort of mm-hmm. safety net. At least one up, probably of many, many elements to it. But so... Do these bitcoins like reside on my phone or in my wallet or in some server somewhere or like how do they actually where do they live
0: all right yeah good question like it and you know because there's always stories of people trying to rob a, a bitcoin yeah, atm and where are so. they robbing them from <laughs> yeah yeah um so there's yeah there's no physical coin and um I, I, so it's, it's a decentralized ledger really is what it is so what did what the i'm going to take even further step back and just just use the term blockchain so what the blockchain is in general is a series of transactions so like you have your home address i have my home address you send some bitcoin to me that's recorded as a transaction in one block on the blockchain mm-hmm. there's usually a bunch of transactions yeah. like recorded in the blockchain uh, yeah. in each block yeah. um and then once that's complete um it another block goes below it. And that block will use the hash of the block ahead of it, okay. along with a couple of other things. So it's so, or sorry, that's how, it, that's how the second block can kind of prove that the first block existed. So. Um,
1: but all this data, just, yeah. just a really step back, really simple. So mm-hmm. these are transactions that are being made between devices globally. But that must take up some like hard drive space or something. Is there are there it hard does, drives yeah. of this? And like one day do we have to add more storage capacity? Because like, I can only imagine if these are all microtransactions being recorded somewhere, eventually, you know, as small as they are individually, they will run out of space. Like who who's updating the uh, storage capacities of this sort of thing? Yeah, like, so the a, network a, another, around it. Yeah,
0: another good question. Like so the every the the things that make Bitcoin run are nodes, and it's a node is just like you know I would have a computer and I would run a Bitcoin node, and the the simplest kind of this is the, um, uh, the sort of a full node, which would be you know I'd boot up my computer, I'd run this you know the whatever Bitcoin Core program, and it would download the entire blockchain from other nodes that has have this stored. And you're right, it does take up hard drive space, and I don't know what it's at now, but it would download every single transaction ever made um and uh onto your hard drive uh, so so it does get big and you have so to so
1: on your own hard drive you would have stored every transaction that's been made globally or personally online? globally so Whoa.
0: i mean there's different incarnations of this like you can yeah. have a light version of that like yeah. there's a light client that doesn't necessarily yeah. do all of that but if you want the full the full thing the full client like yeah. It would be. It would have all of them, so you can always properly reference. And
1: is this then what you kind of call like your transparent ledger? Is that the ledger of sorts that you're downloading?
0: That's the ledger, yeah, and that's all it is. So, like, so right. if, for example, if I wanted to check your address and see how much Bitcoin you have, mm-hmm. I would go literally. Well, I wouldn't, but the program would go through every single transaction, add up all the outputs. Um, it, well, it add up everything that all the. Bitcoin you had coming to you mm-hmm. and it would subtract everything that you had already sent. Yeah. And that number, the final number, is how much Bitcoin so you have. Credits and debits, yeah. Yeah, and it's just it's, it's, it's completely accurate. But
1: you wouldn't know that unless I gave you my Bitcoin number.
0: Well, I wouldn't... Right, like I wouldn't know. When I when I say you, I don't mean you. I mean like your address. Mm. It, but your address is public. So if I... if I so But not, say not, you live not
1: attached a, to my name, just some random series correct, of numbers. Correct, yeah. How many numbers are in that number?
0: Uh, your address is usually an abstraction from what the actual public okay. key is, but wow. it's, but whatever the case, it's like, yeah, you're talking about like 256 characters or something like that. Mm. Um, probably less, you know, I'm not, uh, I can't remember exactly, but it's usually the, it's usually like a, you know, zero. I guess
1: my, like, li- my lamest is question is if yeah. my key, if I have it, even if it's 256 characters written down or gets stolen off my hard drive, can somebody do any damage to me? Cause they have my, my key.
0: So if you, so the best way to think of this, is, so like I said, it's in, it's in a, your address is sort of a bit of an abstraction, but you mm-hmm. can just think of it like your public key. Mm-hmm. So when you think of that public private key thing, so if they have your public key, they can't do anything because mm-hmm. that's your open. public key is yeah open. Uh, if they have your private key, yeah, they, they can just take your, that's, it's whoever owns the keys mm-hmm. owns.
1: So you have to keep your private key safe.
0: Correct. That's why when you, like a lot of these crypto exchanges, like you hear about them being, uh, like Quadriga was one in Canada, where, I don't know if you know this story, like mm. the guy, um, what was his name? There's actually a Netflix documentary on him now. We And I used to, that's where I used to put my, deposit my Bitcoin when I was changing Canadian dollars to Bitcoin. Mm. Um, yeah, Quadriga. And it was, oh God, I can't remember the guy's name. But he, um, yeah, he, like, so apparently he was It was one guy running the exchange. He had access to all the private keys on the exchange. So when I deposit money, like Mm -hmm. just like, you know, 100 bucks or whatever to get Bitcoin, um, I get, you know, Bitcoin back on the exchange in my account. But Mm -hmm. I don't control the keys to that because it's not like a private, like I'm just... Going through him. Yeah. Yeah, going through him. So, but apparently the guy like was, after the 2017 bull run, like there was a big, 2018 was a big bear market and he just... He was gambling with all these people's different Bitcoin until the point where he finally... Well, a lot of people are theorizing he faked his own death, but he went to India and died at like 35 or whatever he was Mm -hmm. of uh, Crohn's disease. Mm -hmm. And um, But there's a big... I know, it's quite a story because it's like... So
1: your private keys were kept in their company, let's say.
0: Yeah, it was... So someone can
1: physically break into your house or something and steal your key? Are you in danger then?
0: So like you can have there's different ways to store your keys so you have Mm -hmm. um like hard wallets Mm -hmm. or um like cold storage which can be uh you know like ledger is one company that makes them and what it is is like you just get this thing and it looks like a little usb stick i actually should have brought one because it's um i i meant to but i i didn't but like it just looks like a usb stick and the keys are on the stick. Now. So if you have the stick, there's still a passcode that you have to enter to do that, mm-hmm. and there's a seed, which will be um, a series of words that can reconstitute that if you lose it. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is, um, as long as you hold, as long as you keep that safe and keep your seed words safe, mm-hmm. um, that's you, you know you'll keep your your keys. But safe. so
1: this really is up to you.
0: It is, and this is where the problem comes because I think for Bitcoin to be really mainstream, uh, there needs to be a little more. Like, it, it, um, I don't think that the public is ready for that kind of financial responsibility, you know? Like, to lose, to lose like, you know, $100,000 in crypto is a big loss uh, for a lot of people. And, like... Um,
1: I mean, they can make you... They can grab you and, you know, torture you like in some 80s movie and make you spit up the password for anything. And yeah. that yeah, will give they you, can. you know, that kind of thing. There's
0: ways to mitigate that as well with what is, um, you know, called... Because you don't know necessarily, like... Um, you, you know you could you could do that and i could say like what well, i don't have any money on there and they'd be like okay look here here's my account and you it, it's like you would have the hidden account that would have the small amount of money oh. and then you would have your secret account which they wouldn't be able to know so yeah. it's there's there are sort of ways to mitigate that as well but yeah you, i think more a more dangerous thing is that people would just forget what their seed was or they would write it down and lose the paper or like so it's um it becomes like you really have to take it seriously like i don't think we're used to taking something microchips like chips
1: implanted in our bodies and that part of our memory that keeps that <laughs> Gets deleted. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing, <laughs> Some right? Like, grand master comes in,
0: <laughs> and you start thinking about. Um, it's kind of like what we were saying about the COVID thing with the how the you know you see the syringe and hear vaccine. And it's like, well, vaccines are you know fine. They've been doing it for years, but it's like a completely different thing. Like, it's like you see this thing. It looks like a USB stick. It's like yeah. you know, if I lose it, big deal. What I will mm-hmm. still get reimbursed from somewhere. But it's like no, no, well, that's that's it. Like if you lose that, you're uh, you're done for. So it's um, it's a big responsibility. Wow,
1: so it is. Yeah, it is. Talking about, you know, the personal responsibility, it's like the top. You know, I, like,
0: I, and I think that's what's so great about it is like, you know, really we, you take, you know, you kind of can almost make an alignment between, um, you know, a lot of the stuff like Jordan Peterson talks about and like a lot of this kind of, I almost want to say like a, a new movement toward be, people being more, uh, responsible for themselves, um, almost like this Spartan kind of uh, mm-hmm. outlook that is emerging. That's
1: why I went back to hunter-gatherer. Like, you're on your own. You yeah, know, and just, yeah. There's no there's no uh, governmental infrastructure around you, no roads, no pathways, no Roman roads. You know, you're just on your own in the woods with your USB stick.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean, that sounds lovely. And for people that, I, that are really big, um, sort of libertarian-minded, I think that that sounds like a utopia. But... I don't think that mainstream, I don't th- think the mainstream is ready for that. I don't think that we've been conditioned to that. And I think mm. it's almost going to take generations before um, that becomes uh, something that everybody's doing on a daily basis. This
1: could become so important to your, your um, financial well-being, obviously, in which you know, in turn is your, your life And then people will be asking greatly, like, well, I I need this microchip implanted into me. Then with the USB code to this, you know, I don't want to, you know, I want it on my person wherever I go all the time. Because this is my life. This is the money for my kids, my mortgage, everything else. Sure. Please. Interesting. Put it in my arm. I don't want to lose this right
0: yeah that's another way I guess if they don't get you the one way they'll get you the other way it's like like, you know we'll get the libertarians too
1: I don't like the microchip but I think I'm liking this one
0: yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. you know it's funny I'd never even thought about that before but that's a good point
1: well it's super important to you so you want it on your person you don't want to keep where did I leave it did I told my wife this my code that I got dementia I don't remember my numbers any all the other things that could break down along the way
0: one time I um i forgot the password to something like i don't know if you have like i i keep a lot of my stuff in encrypted files but it's like um and it's just i've been doing it for years but like one time i forgot i could not think of the password to something and it was it was like a true crypt they used to have true crypt i don't i don't think they make it anymore but like um it was like you you just you wouldn't be able to there was no hacking it like it was like either I would if I it was all and I always knew it if I forgot the password this would be like lost mm-hmm. so and I had so many things on there like pictures and everything and I was like I couldn't remember the password and I was like it was like probably I don't think I've ever felt worse in my life than than that moment because mm-hmm. it was like I knew it was so important to me the but stuff that was on chip there in your
1: hand at that moment <laughs>
0: yeah i mean i yeah i would have done anything at that moment i was like i can't lose this stuff like i you know and um so sometimes yeah it, it's like uh it, it it like at the importance level does hit like there's no there's no um um there's nobody you can run to right so that's the, one of the problems with bitcoin is uh is that um it's like a, you know it's it's a problem but it's also a feature so yeah uh
1: Okay, so yeah, I'm really starting to understand better now what what is Bitcoin on a on a cryptic you know encryption sort of level, but also like what does this practically mean and how I'm going to live my life with this currency? So it's all up to me. I need to store that USB stick, have the things memorized, mm-hmm. you know, um, probably written down in some little paper somewhere that's just hidden in the house, or several little papers that I'll string together and you know creates a code, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, you can have your own little, like, spin on how you're storing those, too. Like, um,
1: so, it, yeah, and the amount of personal responsibility. So in its in current iteration, it really isn't for everybody.
0: Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, I know, like, I think some Bitcoin maximalists will say that it is. And, you know, it's really just a question of weeding out the people that, excuse me, That's the right. people that truly want to take responsibility for their own
1: you know, we don't let someone drink in the states until they're 21, or you know, drive a car. Yeah. Or, you know, 16. There's gonna be some sort of a, you know, you got to get your tested for your um your drivers and driving abilities after the age of 80 all the time because you don't know if you can still do it. Like, there's gonna be like some cognitive, you know, like um ca- capabilities on you that you have to look after. This, yeah. So, but there's no yeah. regulation around it, so it really is just like, a, do you think you can handle this power or
0: not? Yeah, it's it's yeah, yeah it's pretty great. Um, but yeah, pretty scary. Like. Uh, and who knows, you know, because now, of course, we have the um, um, the government issued, you know, they, they're they starting to make these um, central bank. Uh, mm-hmm. I, for, I forget the acronym.
1: C, uh, central Bank Digital Currency. Yeah, so CBDCs. CBDCs. Okay, yeah,
0: yeah good. Um, so, the, yeah, and, and a lot of these uh, governments are starting to make these. So this is going to be the competition. And, you know, while certainly Bitcoin is something that I would uh, regard as a much preferable is, you know, I never really got into the whole decentralized consensus of what, what's involved with that, but like um, uh, there's much more benefit uh, to Bitcoin as a, as a currency or as a store of value as opposed to a government issued one. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to mention the surveillance and mm-hmm. um, everything else that can be done with the government issued ones. Well, for but sure. that being said, you do have the convenience with the government issued ones, you know, they can you know, write you, a you know, you want to get your curb check or whatever, or your, um, you know, your basic income, they can just send it to your wallet, like, just done like that. Um,
1: Some checks and balances, a physical location, somewhere you can launch your grievance if something happens.
0: Exactly. You know? Yeah, there's a lot of recourse and everything like that. But um, and with Bitcoin right now, you don't really have that. Like, I, I imagine Bitcoin insurance funds and things like that mm-hmm. will probably become, you know, mm. more more prominent oh, do they
1: do they actually can you buy insurance Like, if you know. were know to lose your bitcoin i like got it's all right i got life insurance and bitcoin insurance up to how much I, did you get your insurance for bitcoin i'm doing 100 grand really
0: i don't know if that is a thing yet but i think if it isn't uh it's i don't think it's, it's not really that big but i believe it would it will evolve to be because well, you have to hedge right like you can't have all your eggs in one uh, I
1: think the insurance might as a very, I've never even heard of such a concept for this, but I, I think it would because if it's as safe as, you know, as you're saying with the digital currency, and whatnot, then it's really, a, I don't want to say a safe bet, but the, it's something insurance companies are going to want to get involved with. Yeah. like, yeah. Okay, for a certain premium, we know we can cover our losses because it's really unlikely anyone's going to lose their own personal key. And money and whatnot.
0: Yeah, but then you have to depend on like an insurance company would have to. I mean, it's such a new thing. I think for insurance companies, unless you companies, lost your key, like,
1: on purpose, and you got to prove you lost your key. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it gets kind of it would get
0: it would yeah. get messy. Wow. And there's it's such a new field that I don't think that I mean still new. You know, it's it's really it's only a little over ten. What is it like twelve or thirteen? It I mean, really it is like
1: raw technology just launched out there. You know, mm-hmm. um, the technological part has been obviously thought through. But how do we live with this technological part? You know, from uh, all, all around it, you know, how do you get it, store it, keep it, ensure it, spend yeah. it? Is um, everyone's
0: still grappling with it? Mm. Like um, states uh, and people, even people that have been in the field for a while, are still trying to figure things out. And like, I mean, <clears throat> the whole um, the were the concern about how, I mean, the proof of work algorithm uh, in Bitcoin. I think maybe I should. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot to be said about how much uh, greenhouse gases this produces, right? There's some big criticism of Bitcoin, um, and a lot of people are trying to figure out solutions around that. So it's it's constantly evolving, and it's just very fast, moving very fast. Um, but I think I should maybe quickly explain the the proof of work algorithm because sure. it's what makes it so, um, uh, it's what makes the whole thing work. Like. Uh, the idea of, um, so this whole idea of a blockchain, which is a technology that's now being used, you know, in all kinds of things. And, you know, just think of it like, um, it's almost like um, a notary. Do you remember, like, notary, notary publics? Well, they still no, exist.
1: but I know blockchain is being used on, like, different uh, competitors to YouTube, like uh, Rumble and Odyssey. And yeah. yeah. Are your videos will never be taken down because they're in the blockchain.
0: Right, right. Oh, yeah. So they're, it's like a permanent record. Like, the more blocks that exist on top of, so if you think of it literally like a chain of blocks, um, it's better to think of it vertically, actually, because you think of the ones on the bottom. Have, actually, there's a really good analogy. And I don't, I don't want to sort of steal somebody's analogy. It's like um, um, Anthopolis is a, um, a big, speaks about Bitcoin. He's written books on Bitcoin and everything, but like he describes it as a glacier and like you know, at the very top of the glacier, you might have a a winter or whatever. So like you might get a little bit of rain, you might get like some snow and it might add to the glacier, it might take away, you might get it completely wiped away. Um, But it, like the surface layer, anything could happen. But the further you go down the glacier, the more permanent that stuff is, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so you get like, know and at the very bottom you can even look at the the ice like in really old glaciers and be like oh so this is what happened in like 2000 bc or whatever Mm -hmm. um it's sort of like they're not 2000 bc i don't know whenever ice ages happen it's like (laughs) my (laughs) geological time is all off but um but it's the same thing with the blockchains. like the ones that are the very early blocks are you know immutable like you can't you can't change them and in fact even like it's usually like six blocks. So every 10 minutes, roughly, there's a new block that's added to the Bitcoin blockchain. Um, other blockchains may differ, mm. um, but with the Bitcoin blockchain, it's every 10 minutes. So that means that every 10 minutes, some, some Bitcoin miner, and this is spe- running special software to mine Bitcoin, um, has solved a computational puzzle, has proven to the world that it has solved this puzzle, and their block... Which means all the transactions that they've included in there is the official next block that goes into the blockchain. Mm. So, you know, there's other like, so that means that all the nodes, all these Bitcoin nodes in this decentralized network have all agreed that this block is going to be the next one. This guy solved the puzzle because it takes a lot of computing power to Mm. solve that puzzle, Um, but it doesn't take very much computing power to verify that the puzzle is correct. Mm. Uh, uses like um, hashing technology so like um, or hashing algorithms so
1: and this would be a single individual doing this
0: so what usually happens like in theory that would be what it would be it is actually one well it is one it is one computer that is solving that problem that only one thing can solve the problem but um, what happens is these these people join what are called mining pools so they all it's all statistics, right? So eventually, like, it's really hard. If, I, if it was just me sitting here at my laptop, like, in theory, I could run, you know, a mining program on my laptop and keep mining away. And there's, like, maybe a one in, like, uh, I don't know. I can't think of a really big number, like, Google Tillion, like, I don't know, like just a really, really slim microscopic uh, chance that I would ever uh, actually be the guy who Mm. next built the block. Mm. So if you have, but you're, if you're in a pool and you're running specialized equipment, uh, you, you know, um, you use ASIC mining chips and stuff like that. But like, if you, um, are part of a pool, the pool as a group, maybe there's like, I don't know, you know, a thousand miners in a pool, for example, um, whenever any of them uh, solves it, it just kind of goes to the pool fund. And then roughly, you know, every once in a while you'll be getting this small, they sort of average out how often they're, um, they're going to achieve the Bitcoin reward, which is, you know, every time the block is. This stuff's getting away from me now. I know, I know. It's hard. It's hard because there's so much to it. And I'm, uh, let's just say, let's just say this proof proof of work algorithm That, that happens among the miners. We said
1: every 10 minutes.
0: Every 10 minutes, a new block is added to the blockchain.
1: It's, but, oh, added. But these are people that have started from years ago trying to solve that one block. Nope. Every nope. 10
0: minutes, a new puzzle is presented. So it's, oh. it's, a, it's a puzzle each time. And, and who
1: creates this puzzle to be presented?
0: The puzzle is, all it is, is <laughs> it, it gets into the weeds, right? Yeah. So it's hard to, like, so, like, this puzzle is... Um, it's a hash of so a hash is you take a bunch of information okay. so say you wanted to say you had a book yeah. and you wanted to you're like how can i represent this book uh to be a, a 256 bit number like i just want it to be 256 bits okay. so you there's an algorithm that will do that and okay. it'll be like this will always be for this book mm-hmm. this will always represent this book in 256 digits so for each object or collection of things there will always be a 256 bit um representation of that and it's always the same um but if you change one word or one letter or one punctuation point in that it's a completely different 256 so that's hashing yeah so that is um that's what's happening here with this puzzle is you're basically you have your you have your um information uh that you want to add and you have your book or whatever mm-hmm. and you're just changing one thing each time and what the goal is is to get the first eight or seven or six digits of that hash to be zero 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 zero. Mm-hmm. so it's really hard to do because it's mm-hmm. very hard just randomly to come up with that many zeros in a row but you have so many people doing it so quickly that like eventually it, in on average it's always 10 minutes Mm. that's the Still amount of time
1: way too complicated for me <laughs> right yeah i know yeah. i am saying so it and I, I hear so that what does this computation this riddle come out from some centralized source
0: so it's is
1: satoshi there going check yeah, this one out i yeah, said <laughs> on his <laughs> like, on olympus or has like he died and he just set on in perpetuity some sort of like star trek like computer that every 10 <laughs> minutes is kicking out another yeah it's riddle? like that thing in lost where <laughs> you have to reset it <laughs> every, yeah like like Okay, um, I, I, let's stay away from the numbers and the okay. number of numbers, yeah, and the yeah. number of the numbers of the numbers, and just like the simple concepts. So a riddle comes mm-hmm. out, a digital riddle, yeah, and it gets solved every ten minutes.
0: Yeah, so maybe riddle isn't the best thing because sure. it's always the same thing. It's yeah, like I, I get the metaphor though. Yeah. So within the protocol itself is built. We will, you know, for example, every at the beginning of every new block, somebody has to figure out. A number that has seven zeros ahead of it okay. so everybody just keeps hashing things yeah. until yeah. somebody finds that number mm-hmm. so the reason they can make that be 10 minutes um on average because you know there's always new miners coming in or mm-hmm. m- miners dropping is that there, it's called a difficulty adjustment so mm-hmm. that will change mm-hmm. from time to time but you can just sure. think of it in the sense but they that they want like, that 10 minutes 10 minutes is yeah. the base that's built into the code yeah, so it's yeah, always yeah. trying to aim for that Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: But again, where's that? Where's that riddle? Is it just? Is there some centralized software kicking this off, or is it the combination of everybody's computers? Well, it's built into the code,
0: so it's always saying, like I, I I forget exactly what it is, but it's saying we want you to try hashing the last block, for example, uh, plus this uh, new information. Okay. Hash this, and when you hit seven zeros, you know, in a row.
1: But is there a centralized software that's doing this? Where where does this come from? like let's say everyone they, just stops mining tomorrow. Is there still a like individually? Is there yeah. still a central computer that's saying, "Well, if you want to mine, please join onto my network. This is my BBS and I'm Mr. Bitcoin." So there's
0: clients. The yeah. the the reference client is Bitcoin Core. Okay. So this is a thing that's maintained by developers. There's a, okay. you can you can have your own clients that are based on this.
1: And these are like backups when you say developers because there's different people. Like If one went down, there's another developer
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. There's there's a lot of people uh, developing it, um, and I think that's what distinguishes it from other like okay. crypto is that there's the sort of the best developers uh, in the world in crypto are developing stuff with Bitcoin, uh, Bitcoin Core. Sure. But like there's other, um, uh, you know, you can have another client that's based on this. And but the 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 only thing that's important is that it's based on the Bitcoin protocol. So it's like Bitcoin Core is sort of the reference for the Bitcoin protocol. Okay. So, yeah, and, you know, I, like, I'm not an expert either. Like, I'm not a developer. I'm just so this, I could be off on some of this stuff, but that's basically. It's just
1: the more we talk about it, the more intangible it becomes. And I guess right. I'm looking for the tangible.
0: Yeah, uh, I knew this was going to be hard. I, you know, and I I don't, I tend to almost. I think
1: it's where people lose it. It's like, just show me a main computer or a main guy. Like, when you say Satoshi, yeah. you're like, okay, there's a guy. And then you say, (laughs) is it multiple universities? There's a university that's running this computer. And if that goes down, then another university is running Mm. a computer. But But
0: that's kind of what it is, right? Like, Mm -hmm. there are, it's, that's the idea is that it's decentralized. Mm -hmm. So you don't have one person Mm -hmm. or one server. You have a bunch of people running the nodes.
1: So if somebody shot an EPC electronic pulse cannon on Earth, would it all just go down?
0: On Earth, yes. (laughs) I
1: know, I I can get the concept. Like, you'd have to hit like 50% of the machines or something like that. And then, okay. It it all crumbles down or something like that. Well,
0: I mean, as long as you had some machines that have had a copy of the blockchain. But I mean, Mm -hmm. what that would do to the currency, because, you know, part of the faith in Bitcoin is because there are so many, you know, copies that are running this and the blockchain has gone built for so long now, like... Um, you know, if you if you literally took out, you know, if only three people had copies of it, I think people, you know, the currency itself would go down. See, this you. is
1: the interesting thing. So like what if like what is going to go full like sci fi? Like let's say the the sun shoots off some sh- solar flare, uh, something of that nature, something mm-hmm. extraterrestrial happens yeah, and cuts the uh, the power to the earth for 24 hours, the whole globe. Does, do people? Is there? These are backed on people's hard drives and keys, so that up it goes running again. Well, they have UPSs, Jim. <laughs> uh. I guess, but yeah, but for how long, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, no, that's true. There are uh, like I mean, like it's kind of like gold, anything, you have though, gold right? Gold in
1: your hands. you have got currency. It's backed by the government. So as long as there's a standing government of humans, mm-hmm. something can get back up running again. But these, if they're just so they really, I guess they are like gold because they're just existing on. Um, Uh, computer hard drives around the world so they're they're, they're as tangible as well i mean what percentage of our money that we use on a daily basis today is actually digital versus cash probably overwhelmingly digital
0: yeah and the global currency supplies um yeah in theory you could uh you know if you wiped out i mean well in theory you could think you don't even really need technology um i mean you could well, you, you do need technology to make this effective, but like your your, your um, Bitcoin address, you can just, you can sort of develop it out of thin air. You don't need technology to do it. And if you still, as long as you have the private key, which you can memorize if you want, you can memorize the seed to the private mm-hmm. key, or even if you're a mm-hmm. you know, mathematical prodigy, you can maybe memorize the whole key, but like, um, or you can write it down on a physical pen and paper. Sure, so yeah. you can always sort of reference that. Yeah. And that can be, you know, uh, but if there's no, you know, if everything else has been destroyed by a, an EMP, like uh, gl- you know, globally, then then it sort of, I guess, doesn't matter. Like you can mm-hmm. still say, like, yeah, but this is my address, and everybody like, well, we can't even run the software, so like, mm. good for you. <laughs> like,
2: yeah.
0: Um, but I mean, that's sort of getting into. I mean, you could also. I mean, it's much more likely thing would be like, well, what if uh, you know people just lost faith in the U.S. dollar because there's no, you know, like I, yeah, I mean,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess I guess we sort um, of have bigger
0: problems. I think yeah, I like.
1: for sure. Um, yeah, I guess I'm just I'm, I'm I'm starting to understand as you're explaining it the uh, the uh, the brick and mortar. Um, backup systems of this sort of what seems to be very intangible system
0: you know what and i feel like i'm doing it such a disservice because i, I don't feel like i'm explaining it concisely because the, the truth is you really don't need to know much about it like hardware wallets are becoming more intuitive and you don't need really that much expertise yeah. you just have to sort it of become second nature after a while yeah yeah and i and i think that it's uh you know i you don't necessarily need to know why it works like, like in it's just like,
1: terms, my father will look at my iphone and see me tap you know, uh, to buy a sandwich somewhere and just mm. think that's magic. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like nothing passed from your hand to their hand to yeah. get the money. What happens if you lose your phone? Like that's how he's going to approach it in a very intangible concept. For sure. Yeah. Right? And that's how yeah. I'm approaching this a little bit. Like, whoa, I feel like the grandpa here. Like, how do I get, wrap my hands around this currency that I can't touch or feel?
0: Yeah. Like, mm. um, if, well, there are also, um, you know a lot of these things are best visualized like uh, there's good YouTube videos that would explain it but Mm. it's again you you don't like I find it interesting and I do think that if you really want to understand why it's important that it's you know um, technically understanding it is going to do you a lot of good Mm. Um, but you don't have to like you can also just understand that it's like you know, if you take it, if you take my word for it, that private public key cryptography is, you know, uncrackable, and you know, as long as you have your keys, your private keys, you're fine. Then you don't really need to worry about um, sort of the nuts and bolts. Um,
1: I just think, you know, what would we'll get this off the ground? If uh, some company, government, whatever came around and just simply said, "Here's the app. Here's your first fraction of a coin. Mm-hmm. You now have one." You know, well, that's sort something. of what El
0: Salvador did, right? Like, because um, it, it would
1: feel more real at that moment. You know, Even yeah, as yeah. A, as just like I, I got one. I don't know how did I get this one? Can I use it now?
0: Yeah, I want more. How sure. do I do this? You yeah. know
1: until you have that one first step it just seems like that that wall is big for the average
0: person that hump yeah to get the, over you need you know? it's like you need the financial incentive to want to learn about it
1: and just to see it show up like yeah. you know it's like i don't know when your first email landed 25 years ago like yeah. wow someone well, just actually wrote me from the other side of the world and lands on my screen how did that happen right
0: the um uh they actually have so when a new so for example, like when a new crypto sort of drops, like somebody's like, I, you know, and there's so much, so many scams out there. Like I, you know, um, and I think there are some viable, like, you know, a lot of people who are, you know, it's called Bitcoin maximalist, people who just sort of think Bitcoin is the one thing and everything else is uh, called a shitcoin. Mm. Um, but it's, I think there are some good ideas out there. I think Ethereum is a good idea. Uh, like I don't, I don't know enough about it technically, but like the idea of smart contracts and, um, uh like there, there are interesting things that you can do like you read some of these white papers and it's like, oh that seems like a good idea like mm-hmm. decentralized storage like decentral, like there's a lot of things that make sense that would you can see how it would evolve into a, a practical you know a, a big a big um, a new way of doing For something sure. right no,
1: I think I'm understanding what Bitcoin is better yeah about. yeah.
0: So, uh, so anyway, but I was a lot of times the, the incentive to use these new coins. They'll do what's called an airdrop, and it's like as long as you're on, for example, the if you have any Ethereum, you will then get. So, if you have two Ethereum, you'll then have two of this new coin as well. So you're like, okay, I've got two Ethereum, and I just got suddenly got this two mm-hmm. new coin, which maybe has no value right now, but it makes the it generally makes the value go up. And you're like, like you just said, like okay, what can I do with this new yeah, thing? And it incentivizes yeah. you to sort of learn more about it.
1: Yeah, even because, like, even on a computer screen, it feels more tangible than just talking about it.
0: Yeah. Because you're just like,
1: this is mine. I actually
0: have this. For sure. Maybe I should have brought in, I mean, it's not a visual podcast either. So it wouldn't really benefit our listeners. But, like, you know, to see, you know, you put in your ledger and you see how much you have and you see it syncing with a blockchain and everything. You're like, oh, okay, cool. Like, that's something's happening. The wheels are turning. Yeah. Cool. As humans, we're very dependent on like something physical. Like, it's hard. You start getting
1: yeah otherwise it's just words in the sky like what's going on here yeah yeah yeah. divine timing of sorts as we're as i'm grappling with the whole intangibility and uh you know what is a bitcoin and i can't touch it feel it seal it but if i maybe see it on a screen or if everybody got one free token of a fraction of one they would be like oh okay i'm really excited about this it's i got something on the screen i get many things on my screens like emails or uh, I watch do my online online banking or, you know, take a picture of my check and it gets deposit. So it takes the ta- tangible and turns it into something intangible almost. Yeah. Like, you know, you can get it out afterwards. I just sort of had the reverse happen as we we're chatting here. And I run a store and I just had an, uh, an online order come in for things that we sell in the store from a person I've never seen before. You know, it just um, I know the money will be put into my account, which I never I've never met the person, never touched their money. It goes into my account. But then off goes the physical product that they bought, you know, will be delivered to some, some destination that I'll never go to in person. Yeah. Like it's quite something how things just move around you and they sort of oscillate from tangibility to intangibility that you just, and there's a certain concept. Inevitably, everything has to become tangible because you need, you know, materials to stay alive, whether mm-hmm. it's to buy a house, have a car, have food, uh, buy, put clothes on your back. But so much of it just sort of seems to exist in the, um, what we, you know, it's a very 90s word, like cyberspace.
0: Right. You know? Well, and, and isn't that something that's, um, you know, it's almost like it's relatively new. And I think with, you know, the uh, advance of technology, we have, um, you know, t- just talking about the, the world of money. it's We're further and further abstracted from what sort of what a dollar was, like in our grandparents' day and age, right? Like, okay. and, you know, you can put in inflation and everything like that. But it's also, you're just moving stuff around now. Like you're tapping your card, you're moving things. Like, and, you know, in terms of bank reserves and how much physical gold they have and how much physical... Who
1: who backs this? Who backs them?
0: What percentage they they need to keep in reserves so they, you know, to prevent... um, uh, Like, I think that um, uh, Bitcoin is in some senses, even more abstract in the, in, in how it, uh, in, you know, sort of like the intangibility of it, because there is no physical anything, but it sort of, uh, in some senses, it it is more tangible because there is a a math, there is math that backs it up. It's backed up by math, and it's backed up by certainty and and a protocol that is a, a finite thing. Like, whereas something like you know, uh, the U.S. dollar is something that is, um, can become, um, well, certainly manipulated by, you know, central banks, stuff like that. But it also just even the um, vicissitudes of, uh, uh, of society and, uh, you know, even gold, you can, you know, there can be, you know, you can find. Um,
1: yeah, there's a downside to finite. There's a downside to tangible in a sense because it's a, in a limited number of resources of something. But then we, could you not get hyperinflation in this world?
0: So Bitcoin, there's only a finite amount of um, Bitcoin that's available, right? So like uh, there's only 21 million coins that will ever be, you know, minted. And
1: who decided that?
0: Satoshi. All right. <laughs> Satoshi, Satoshi Nakamoto. Um, so when this he is laid out...
1: Some grand algorithm, like there will be 20 Bitcoin, 20 million Bitcoins. 21 million. Well, 21 it's million. It's...
0: Yeah. It, 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 it's ran, It's roughly around there, 21 million. Uh-huh. But what it is is... The protocol was designed as such that every four years, roughly, it's after two hundred. I think it's two hundred ten thousand blocks. Okay, that's I I could have that way off, but somehow that number is um, sticking out in my mind. But um, after a certain number of blocks, which roughly is four years, the reward, the mining reward that miners get for mining uh, for solving that proof of work puzzle um halves so right now at the very beginning it was you would get 50 bitcoins if you solved the puzzle okay and then as that was in 2009 and then um then it halved to 25 then it halved to 12.5 now it's at um 7.25 okay so um yeah so it's gone less and, and it'll continue to go less until the year 2140 which is then it'll be like i think it's like the smallest value of okay. uh, of Bitcoin, and how does that historic.
1: affect the end user though?
0: It doesn't affect the end user necessarily directly. It's just that the miners get this as a reward, so it incentivizes people to mine. So and the people more...
1: who are taking the chances now and setting up, you know, banks of computers in their basements mm-hmm. and everything, they get the greatest reward.
0: Yeah, so they they because
1: they're getting it before it halves and halves and halves and halves and halves.
0: Right, they're getting more. They're making
1: kind of like stock splitting, but in reverse almost.
0: Too. Well, the value of Bitcoin has also gone up so, since then. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, 50 Bitcoins at the beginning, you know, I mean, if you sold them right away, it wasn't worth as much as what you would yeah. get now if you sold 7.25 Bitcoin. But like, um, I, I think it's sort of by design, like the, as Bitcoin, Bitcoin does rise in value with each halving. So it's, um, we, there's a real interesting dynamic that mm-hmm. goes on here because like, uh, in terms of like.
1: But somebody's figured, sorry to cut you off, yeah. we get too technical. Somebody's mm-hmm. figured it out. They like the system. That like this is good this is sustainable the algorithms and it gives you said the best crypto people are work are working on this sort of the stuff. developers yeah, the developers and just not to get too technical like this this whole back end of it is legit like people are like this is a really good foundation mathematical foundation and how to create wealth
0: yeah. Yeah, I, I like it's. I mean, it's one of the best things you can do in any um, kind of uh, really security, IT security kind of thing. Is you sort of publish something and you have people try to break that thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like if Bitcoin was insecure, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and there have been little blips. It's battle or tested now. Yeah, it's yeah. battle tested. Like, um, and you have you know the smartest people in the world are trying to um, break it, you know, because it's financially to their benefit to try to do so. Uh, there, there's different ways that you can try to engineer something. There's something called a 51% attack, but like um, which would involve like more than 50% of all the miners in the world trying to launch an attack on the Bitcoin network. So you, sometimes you can get into. There was a concern a few years ago when China really had a lot of Bitcoin miners, and they've since you know banned Bitcoin mining. Um, where the concern was, well, wait a minute. If they keep getting more and more power, the Chinese government could start going into these places and saying, okay, let's Launch some attack and attack yeah. the Bitcoin network, but yeah. part of its durability is it's um, the decentralized nature of it and the fact that this is so um, uh, you have different countries participating different people different types of people um, mm-hmm. and uh yeah it's what makes it strong and yeah it's been you know over a decade now
1: what was China's reason to get rid of it
0: I mean it's hard to tell a lot of people at the time thought they wanted to buy uh, cheap Bitcoin, because every time they did something like ban Bitcoin, because there was a few little, they would ban it, then they unbanned it, then they banned it again. So mm-hmm. it's-
1: it's are riding it out?
0: Yeah, well, there, I think people thought that they were trying to manipulate the market. So mm-hmm. they, the price would crash when they would ban it. So maybe the government would go in and buy a bunch and then it would go up again, ban it again. But the last time they banned it, it didn't quite crash as much. So mm-hmm. it's like the market adjusted. And now all, a lot of the good miners have just moved out of um, uh, China because it's a big business. Can somebody
1: can somebody corner the market on Bitcoin? Like a, like a,
0: a nation state? In theory, yeah. Yeah, you could. I mean, the US now is starting to get more miners, which um, in way in many ways is good because it's a, at least a free country, but it's True. Also, you want it to be decentralized.
1: Yeah, and, that's where you like almost like it becomes, you know, re-recentralized of sorts because if you just capture the market, you know. Yeah. And that's and then why you launch your 51% attack, which obviously one country or 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 a collection of countries i don't know it's, it's interesting is this sucking real currency out of the market because you're taking your you know canadian dollar your australian mm-hmm. uk pound the american dollar and putting it into some digital currency so it doesn't actually exist your physical money doesn't exist in the physical world anymore well like is there less canadian and american money in the world now as a result of bitcoin because people have put it into there
0: no, because you would I mean, you're just transferring. It. so if you wanted to buy Bitcoin, you would go to an exchange mm-hmm. and change your Canada, Canadian dollars it's like energy so, I'm, like just it's saying, so I'm
1: just being you know really like again this, the you know just devil's advocate here, but let's imagine I'm just imagining what if Bitcoin was um, utilized in a sense that it's sucking out um you know real currency out of the countries mm-hmm. and then somebody crashes Bitcoin. Well, because I know you're going to say from a technical point, it's really unlikely because it's decentralized and who has a single power to crash yeah. anything. Yeah.
0: Well, it's not like a 51% attack. And, you know, and I, again, I, I'm just wary of getting too much into the details because it it just gets, you yeah. know, I hear myself I talking imagine, and it's like yeah. nobody's listening to this. But like um, it, it's not like a, a sure thing. If you have a 51% attack, it doesn't mean you're necessarily going to be able to recreate the blockchain and all those Transactions that happened a long time ago are still safe. Like, it would just take an overwhelming amount of computing power to be able to, if you think of it about the blockchain as a sort of standing, like a tower or something, like the ones in the bottom, or Glacier, I guess, mm-hmm. borrow that again, analogy again. Um, the ones on the bottom are uh, real, real safe, like just computationally speaking. Like, you would need, like, um, the computational power to reverse all those transactions would be uh, astronomical. Mm. But um, but yeah, 51% attack for the for the newer transactions, you'd be able to sort of possibly make a p- big payment to somebody and then reverse the payment. Mm. Um, th- those kinds of things become more plausible okay. with that kind yeah, of...
1: Yeah, I'm really power. understanding better now what, what Bitcoin is. Yeah, I can see, you know, making the intangible tangible here.
0: So, and part of the worry, or part of the interesting thing is, you know, as... You know, you talked about taking, you know, money out of the system. And, like, I think that's part of the goal. You know, Bitcoin is nowhere near that point. But, like, uh, you have, you know, the, the U.S. dollar, for example. Like, um, everything for the last, uh, I mean, at least I think since World War II or whenever, it's, it's you know, things have sort of been denominated uh, in U.S. dollars. I, I think there's a point where they... Um, Government, the US government said to Saudi Arabia, We want to start like buying, you know, if you use US dollars as your reserve currency, um, you know, we're going to buy a lot of your oil. And it's, you know, it became Mm -hmm. known as sort of the petrodollar. And like that has always been, it's been the backing for so long now of, you know, what, why most countries will buy US dollar reserves. So there's always a demand on the US dollar. But as you see, more people transitioning to Bitcoin, and like I said, like I so said, we're nowhere near this point yet. But it's like you you can see where there people lo- start losing faith. Um, you know, for example, like you have the situation in Russia, where you have, you know, Russia invades Ukraine, um, and there's all these financial kind of threats made against Russia, and some are carried out. We're going to cut you off from Swift. We're going to uh, um, seize your foreign assets, and you start to see countries maybe become a little less like russia had um some us reserve dollar you know us dollars in reserve um uh i don't think they're going to have us dollars in reserve anymore you know what i mean like i don't think i think that countries they see they see the behavior of like the us when they start seizing these kinds of assets and i'm not saying it's a good thing or a bad thing i'm just saying like you know if you're a country and you want to have faith in something that can't be taken from you, maybe you buy gold, or maybe you buy, um, um, you know, oil or you have a commodity like Russia has, you know, a lot of oil, but you want to have something that is uh, that you can sell uh, like, for you know. You, you can't have the same amount of faith that you would have in the U.S. dollar as you would before, because if they're just going to, you know, seize assets, it's like, well... And you
1: can see, I guess to my point is, if Bitcoin's going to go down one day, you're going to have all these warning signs, you know, just like any market. Should I get mm-hmm. out of the U.S. dollar? Should I get out of the stock market? Should I sell this? Yeah. You're just going to be rumblings. It's not just going to happen overnight, just like anything else we deal with.
0: Yeah, like there can be some pretty wild fluctuations in uh, in Bitcoin, uh, but I, but it's because it's so new. So like... Yeah, I know I'm uh, talking when it's all you know. Yeah, right, there, right. Yeah, yeah, it'll become more stable as more people adopt it and as mm-hmm. the years go by. Uh, but, but right now, it's uh, you know, you sort of see these transitions almost geo, like um, geopolitically, where like uh, the the well, El Salvador is um, sort of um, Bitcoin is you know almost the equivalent of their national currency at this point. So mm-hmm. like, um, you, you see big moves like that or like. The, the seizing of Russian assets. And um, it, it really becomes this thing, or the, even the thing here with the Canadian truckers convoy seizing, um, you know, GoFundMe accounts and saying, you know, well, you can't do this because it's uh, you're supporting terrorism or whatever the pretext was.
1: Just on that note, yeah. but did they, they did seize people's cryptocurrency through that. Was there anything like that at all? I know bank accounts, like actual yeah. bank accounts got frozen, but were there actually... Like was did anything happen in the crypto realm?
0: Yeah, so they they like the government issued uh, sort of a an edict to the bank to say go after these things, and crypto was among those. So it, it's harder to go after
1: crypto or they went to like these little exchanges that are around?
0: Well, if you go to say GoFundMe, I don't know if GoFundMe, if you can, um, you know, uh, donate in crypto, I think you can. And so it's like you can go after that and you mm-hmm. can free, freeze that. But it's like, again, if you're if you're a trucker and I'm sending money to you directly and I have a Bitcoin address and you have a Bitcoin address, they can't freeze that. Like that's got you. But if so you're going through an intermediary. So then,
1: nobody's personal cryptocurrency wallets got frozen during this.
0: Um. I don't know if that's one hundred percent true because, well, they can't they can't freeze the wallet unless the wallet is uh, somewhere that they can, um, you know, like you said before, if they have a gun to you your yeah. face and they say, well, you have to give us the keys to this wallet, they can do they can do that, but I guess.
1: When you buy this crypto, you're going through a company, right? A lot of times so time, can they then put pressure on that company. Yeah. Then?
0: that they can do. So if you're buying through Coinbase, a company in the US, so you can buy crypto there and a lot of people will just buy it and they'll just store it on Coinbase like in their wallet. So they can the government can go to Coinbase and say, you know, because when you when you register for these for at Coinbase for example or any of these exchanges, you have to give like, you know, your ID and like your address and everything like that. So in that sense, you can be linked to okay. your account. Yeah, yeah. Um so Then, you know, you do something that the government doesn't like, they can say, okay, you have, um, you know, Dimitri's uh, um, uh, account here, like we want to freeze that account, then for sure they can do that. Um, What they can't do is... uh, if you have your own private keys and you don't store the your crypto on the exchange and you store it in your own wallet, mm-hmm. then um, know what's in your oh. wallet mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, or whatever that is. Uh, then, then they can't go after that. Or I mean, they can try, but they would have to do that thing that we were talking about at the very beginning of the show where it's like, they would have to sort of figure out You know, they'd have to have like a a detective trying to figure out how to link through. Yeah. And even then they would they would have to still physically find out who you are, go in, say, what are your keys, like that kind of thing.
1: But the easiest way for the government's manpower point of view is if you do it through Coinbase and Coinbase knows who you are, you're you're going to get frozen.
0: That they can do, yeah. And that is a convenient way for people to store their crypto, so a lot of people do that.
1: And at a certain point, you can say, what percentage of crypto goes through those types of exchanges rather than just doing it, like you said, one-on-one?
0: Yeah, yeah, a lot, Mm -hmm. yeah, I would think.
1: That makes it a lot more, again, a lot more real in a negative sense because part of the intangibility is like, catch me if you can kind of vibe, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. So
1: then when you hear about these uh, people like on the black market doing stuff, they were definitely doing it just one-on-one. They're not going through
0: like... So you're thinking Shows. about like Silk Road and like the because that was the original sort of. Well, you hear black about arms market. dealers trading yeah, back yeah. and
1: forth. They must be just doing it crypto wallet to crypto wallet with nothing in between the two peoples.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know what they yeah, what yeah. they do, but well, if they did, yeah, they yeah. could easily. Be that would be the the smarter way to do it. Yeah. Um, you could uh, like well, Silk Road used to be. I I don't know what they have now, but Silk Road was sort of the forerunner and mm-hmm. um, I, another really fascinating story uh, of Ross Ulbricht, the founder of Silk Road, who's now in prison for life. But um, he had that Silk Road where you could buy guns, drugs, you know, this is the original one. You could hire a hitman through it. And Bitcoin was sort of the the currency to do it, which is why it gets such a bad rap or like, uh, you know, um, like, well, you must be a criminal if you're using Bitcoin. Like, that's not as common anymore. But people used to say that kind of thing. But uh,
1: anything in its infancy is always going to attract fringe elements. Yeah, for when sure. When the internet yeah. first came out, you know, musically, like you're on the internet, you must like techno music. You <laughs> right, like, it was like all right, these like right. stereotypes that just get yeah. out all the time, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I obviously, think it becomes new. you know everything's on the internet to, to corporations, you know. So
0: yeah, yeah, and then it kind of gets homogenized, but yeah, there are still uh, there, I'm you know, there, certainly there's black markets and that kind of thing, and I'm sure you could uh, like it is much easier to send, um. You know Bitcoin anonymously and protect yourself that way you know if you wanted to then it would be to send you know a bank tra- a bank wire or so something like
1: what, what's enticing yeah that's enticing to me like if I want to send uh, <laughs> money to a relative or someone just rent like what if I just mm-hmm. want to do a kind act of charity and I see someone I don't know I don't know uh, working at a restaurant on YouTube and I'm like who is that person they look like they're working really hard I want to send them personally 100 bucks yeah and then mm-hmm. somehow in their YouTube description like well here's my crypto address or something and like Dude, and you're not going to go through any, you know, uh, money exchange where you got to pay a percentage on the money. Like my money to you, done. Yeah, you well, know, like just global financial altruism.
0: Right, and that's um, uh, that's uh, that's one of the benefits of it is with that or like remittance where it's like you know you get a lot of people in third world nations and in they don't want to spend you know however much it costs to send a bank wire to you know Canada or the US or wherever um or I guess it would be the maybe the other way around or you know you're sending money you know overseas like you, you send bitcoin and it really doesn't cost anything it's, it's very little anyway yeah um and one of the things like Ukrainians you know Russia's invading you what do you do like if you if you have your money in you know um, the uh, well, I don't think Ukraine... I, I'm not sure what the currency is in Ukraine. It's not the ruble. I know that's... Uh, no, they must have their own dollar. I guess. Yeah, yeah. So, but I'm, I'm sure the currency crashed. I mean, the, I know the ruble sure. crashed when the, they invaded. So it's like, well, if you're Ukrainian or Russian, like, don't you want some sort of store of value and don't you want to get it out of the country, right? Like, if you have but with a bunch gov- of gold... But would governments do you have to
1: want the, that or does it just create runs on the banks because people have a much more viable and easier option to get their money out of the market?
0: Well, yeah, I, I think that, I mean... The, the benefit of Bitcoin in that sense is for the people to be able to get their their value out or like not even get it out just like well just you know they have their key on them or whatever so they just like leave with it but uh, you know if you have to go to a bank and withdraw this rapidly inflating currency that's a problem because you've got big lineups and there's you know soldiers starting to storm your town or if you're you know if you have you have gold okay that's great like if you ever get back uh, you know here but you can't like well, you're going to wait in the bank and wait for them to bring out a bunch of gold and then load it up your car like
1: it can really become anarchy though like i can see that cuz like i was living in greece when the country went bankrupt and mm-hmm. just shortly after we left they did make a a limit on how much cash people were allowed to withdraw from the bank on a weekly amount and yeah. i think it cuz it was something It was very low by North American standards, like maybe like $150 a week or something. And that was it. Your money was stuck in the bank. You could not access it or pull it out in cash. You could spend on your visa and then you could pay it off with the money that's inside your account because they were afraid of a bank run. And literally people would go in take their cash, which would be Euro dollars and uh, Euros, and just take it home and put it underneath the beds. So now if they had a crypto version of that, that would have precipitated the cr- the economic crisis to go even deeper and further in Greece on a national level, because people would have had no faith in the euro within Greece's con like well straight mm-hmm. not euro they had faith in euro that's why they want them right. but they want to get them out and they got to yeah. get them out somehow and if you can't physically walk in and get your euro you're gonna then transfer it into something that you
0: can right right
1: and um, yeah there's a lot to think about here watching you know relatives wait in lineups around buildings to pull out euros from Greek banks showed how little faith they had in the system, but how much faith they had in the actual hard currency. So they were willing to wait in 40 Celsius to grab physical dollars and euros and get them out. Um, and so that, that, that is tangible to somebody that's very real. And if they had the capability of transferring those digitally into um, some sort of cryptocurrency, Perhaps that would have felt just as real, but that would have then precipitated the economic collapse of the country further, because we be considered a <laughs> run on the banks. So there's, there's a lot that can go here. So
0: yeah, go ahead. It, well, I, you know, I was just gonna say that that's true, actually. But you, all, it's almost like you have to think of it. You, it's a, you can't think of it necessarily hypothetically, right? Because like, it, it wouldn't be the case now because not enough people own Bitcoin for it to be. Like, it's why these things, I think, have to happen gradually. And it's almost like it's, you know, in some strange way built into the protocol. Like You don't
1: think there'd be a tidal wave if they start getting rumblings uh, after the pandemic in Canada that people I, are like, I don't know if I can trust the Canadian dollar. Let's get it out in two. And then, you know, you see ads on TV all the time now. Buy gold. Never been a better time. Buy silver mm-hmm. coins.
0: Yeah, I think there's always mitigating uh, circumstances that kind of uh, even these things out. Uh, like yeah i you know you're right in the sense that i think it would have if bitcoin was a viable option and people were you know all willing to buy it then yeah you could get a bunch of people just um uh not well in many ways though wouldn't they just be taking the money out buying bitcoin and then um they would they would still have the same limitation though the government's still imposing the same limit i I can
1: see myself arguing in my head because to one degree like I still haven't been convinced whether I need Bitcoin or not, some right. sort of digital currency. And so then I look at it, well, am I am I harming the world somehow by investing in such a thing? And then what does harm mean? So if a large percentage of the Canadian economy went into cryptocurrency and the banking sector in Canada, and then by exchange, extension, the Canadian government had less resources financially to work with. Would I be participating in the almost economic decline of the country I'm in?
0: well if people started transacting in Bitcoin like the government I mean a new system rises the yeah like place, the, the the, again I think that happens gradually so there would be taxes put into place there would be people you know like it's you would still have to declare things on your income tax I, I mean it might I would be. still
1: be purchasing things in Bitcoin theoretically so the local economy shouldn't really change
0: in theory yeah I mean it might you might argue that it's more difficult to trace so people could not pay their taxes as much or something like that but I you know I think there's probably solutions for that but
1: and if some just on a technical, has there been transactions in Canada? Do people walk into stores and buy something on Bitcoin?
0: Uh, there are some places that accept Bitcoin as payment, uh, mostly online. But I mean, that's where everything seems to be moving anyway. Uh, in Innisfil and Richmond Hill here in Canada, uh, you can actually pay your property taxes in Bitcoin.
1: So Bitcoin can be taxed. So yeah. therefore, the government <laughs> would stay, you know, in place. They would not collapse as a result of uh, the whole. Currency going underground and anonymous of sorts.
0: Right. So, like, as tax laws are, like, it's like you have to declare your income and it's considered income. So, if mm-hmm. you if you were if you have a store and you have people paying in Bitcoin, just you have to declare the that. Bitcoin. Yeah. Like, I don't know. You might ask, like, well, what is because the value fluctuates so much. Where you know do you declare it as canadian dollars like do you do the translation if so what date do you do that i don't know good point but um but yeah you're in a foreign
1: country and you're transacting anywhere you go and then the specific laws based on the taxation of said country
0: yeah like there's nothing i mean you know it's a different thing but it's the same laws would apply um and there's an apparatus to deal with it like you just have they just have to make some changes uh you know, but but I, I do think it's important to make those changes, and I think that it's you know governments. It would behoove governments to, to take a good look at this and to sort of adapt accordingly, so they don't have get into a situation where, you know, there's, um, you know, they they wake up one morning, it's like eighty percent of the country has Bitcoin or something. Like I think they need, um, to, you know, they start developing things now so they can adapt to what's happening and. Yes. So my, my next yeah.
1: question, the next point, will be then why do, why do the governments want to create their own digital currency as opposed to just you know making Bitcoin be the de facto cryptocurrency of the nation and we don't need a, a centralized version of the same thing?
0: Well, I think like um, it's so much easier to control. Um, well, number one, I think governments want to have, and I think you know society in general is used to having like a, a central bank, like some way that. You know, you can kind of tweak inflation. You can tweak, like, I mean, just to take a devil's advocate position, if if you know the government suddenly made Bitcoin a national currency, and then you know, Bic- or you know, China bans Bitcoin again or whatever, and plummets the currency, like, I mean, it would be devastating to so many people's savings and everything like that. Like, you need something stable. Um, that's why I think the kind of gradual um, acclimatization is really the way to to do these uh, these changes. Um,
1: so what we're looking at here is, I think, a tremendous fragmentation of the global economic system, yeah. and, and in a currency level, there'll be yeah. different types of cryptos and different. Uh, for every one of those, you're going to get another one at least for another 180 for each country that exists on Earth of their own national cryptocurrency, plus their hard cash. Yeah, and, like and all the Visa and PayPal's and everything else.
0: I think we can. You know, so, like you know, I think cash will be gone soon, um, for better or for worse. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there will be um, CBDCs, which I think most countries will have. I, I think there will be a version of that, and then I think there will be Bitcoin and maybe some other cryptos that will be um, independent and almost analogous to like gold, because it'll be like a store of value. It'll be something independent, something you can own, something that's like trans translates across borders easily, and something that isn't, uh, you know, monitored and like, or something that isn't as um, um, controlled by the government. So it
1: really is like I like your gold analogy and the whole mining. So getting, getting a Bitcoin today is kind of like you know the Wild Wild West when you went out and panhandled and very much gold so early on. Yeah. Like, what can I do with this? Can I but not actually? But it's a storage of wealth. Yeah, it's a vessel exactly. of wealth to go yeah. forward that will have increasing value, most likely yeah and
0: especially for a speculator um it is sort of wild westy like it's uh you know because right now we're at a very low you know people talk of uh, there's this phrase called hyper bitcoinization, and it's this idea of um it's almost like you get this um uh, this momentum which just becomes um unstoppable at some point and then you have you know everything starts getting denominated in bitcoin which makes the value rise so much that it gets to these astronomical levels like right now it's trading at about uh like forty thousand or something like that us dollars and there's talk of this thing i mean i i did the math very roughly um and the let's see here yeah so like Current aggregated global wealth of everything, like everybody's, uh, you know, GDP combined, all the countries' GDP combined, is like 418 trillion dollars. Okay. So, uh, on a now, this doesn't include, uh, you know, a lot of abstract concepts. This isn't like a f- accurate figure. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people say, it's a lot more than that. But if we just use this figure, um, if you want to take that figure and just assume that everybody was buying things in Bitcoin, so this is just became just Bitcoin. Um, and you divide it by 21 million, which is how many Bitcoin mm-hmm. are ever going to be produced, then you're looking at uh, 20 million dollars for one Bitcoin. That's how much that price would it translate was one to. to. One. Yeah, yeah. It was one to one. So like, even if you think that that would be maybe Bitcoin would be one twentieth of global aggregate wealth, then it's you know then you're still looking at one million dollars of Bitcoin. So like, um, the, right now it's at forty thousand uh, dollars. You know, there's certainly better investments at this point. Like you could make um, in terms of like. Um, making more money uh, or having more like Bitcoin right now is fairly expensive. Uh, you know, like or uh, you know, you can buy as small as you want. So it's not like you just buy one Bitcoin. You can buy you know slices. Like, of What did they
1: call them? Slices? Or what,
0: what well, they satoshi. They're called satoshis. Like the smallest mm-hmm. amount is one satoshi. And then there's like millibit or I don't know. It's it's they need to they need that's another thing they kind of need to. um you know, there's there's people who say like, well, why why do we why don't we start calling things like you know, one billion satoshi? So it's like there, it makes it a little more. This is part of the. Uh, achievable concept. Hard for to people to
1: understand because like okay, I. I I like it. I bought a Bitcoin. Where do I spend it? You don't spend the Bitcoin. You spend a... you looking right. for the word. You know, like what do I call it? A token, a wallet, hard wallet, a Satoshi? Yeah. Like so it's the di- really cumbersome, you know?
0: The fractions of the Bitcoin are called, you know, the Satoshi is just the smallest one. So you could say, you know, a thousand Satoshis or whatever, but it's... I like the sound of it. Yeah, it's uh, a nice yeah, rolls off yeah, the tongue, yeah, but... Yeah. Uh, Nothing will
1: go bad you got a Satoshi. You
0: know? So do you want to hear my uh, theory on this whole Satoshi Nakamoto? Yeah, it hit me. Okay, so Satoshi Nakamoto, the um, um, person or entity who created Bitcoin, uh, you know, started out, uh, you know, nobody knows who he is and it's this big mystery and he owns like a lot of Bitcoin. So that's also something where people are like, huh, interesting. Um, but uh, so he created, the, wrote the white paper and worked on the um, protocol for the first couple of years and then he kind of disappeared. There's a lot of theories about who he is or who he was and um, uh, you know, there's you know there's been movies made of it and everything like that um i have a theory that the you know that this was something um this is the u.s government created satoshi nakamoto Mm -hmm. and they did this to start a financial system as a hedge against um waning u.s power Mm -hmm. so they were really thinking ahead Mm -hmm. and they thought we have to do something that is going to, um, you know, if people stop storing U.S. dollar reserves, because at this point, this is in 2009, right? The banks have failed. Mm-hmm. Like they had the big bank bailouts in yeah, 2008. Yeah,
1: yeah. It did all sort of kick off right after that. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. The timing is suspicious.
0: So Satoshi's first, um, the very first um, block was mined by Satoshi. Well, it was, it's called the Genesis block. It was the first one ever. And everything is based on that block. Um, it's a, uh, you're allowed to put messages in the in the block. So his first message was to show what day it was. And I forget the day. It was January something in 2009. And the headline of the, it said his message was the Times, um, second bailout for government banks, or second bailout for the banks was the headline of the paper that he put in mm. to the message, which is kind of like a tongue-in-cheek, like, look at this yeah. shitty system that we yeah, have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, so I can't help but think that this is like, well, I mean, ingenious and such foresight if this is actually the US government. But it's like, you know, you have to think that the, the dollar is kind of waning. Um, you know, people are talking about decarbonizing, you know, so the, maybe the, maybe um, uh, oil won't be so um, such a wanted commodity in the future, like almost as a hedge. So they're like, why don't we create something, we'll base it on pure math, and in, in theory, it's completely decentralized. So you can, like anybody can do it. China was mining Bitcoin, everything like that. But then, you know, you, as Bitcoin becomes more prominent, you realize that Satoshi Nakamoto mined a lot of Bitcoin in the beginning. So there's like, you know, you have, I don't know how many he would have, he would actually have, but you can look these things up in his addresses, are the ones that are known to belong to him or any of the early Bitcoin adopters for that matter. And if you kind of aggregate all that, it's a lot of money. Like, mm-hmm. so now that Bitcoin rises in value, you have a little bit of a reserve built up for the U.S. just in case. Like, it's kind of like thinking, like, if something else is going to take over the U.S. dollars, let's make sure we control that. It's like It's like mm-hmm. Coke. Like, let's buy Pepsi mm-hmm. because they're the competition. Mm-hmm. Like, then we own both either way.
1: Could also... Like, what are your thoughts then on, like, China not using it? And did they think they're onto this game and they don't want to play ball? Or, maybe, yeah, maybe. Or we'll create our own version of it then and just take off, you know?
0: Yeah, maybe maybe they will. Uh, and maybe that was part of it. Like, I always thought it was just to manipulate the market so they could buy cheaper Bitcoin. But oh. since they didn't unban it yet, then maybe maybe and that was what's their... What's
1: Russia's stance on this?
0: Um, I don't know how much... I think Russia probably has, uh, you but they're know, using some reserves in Bitcoin. They allow it and stuff like that. Yeah, they're yeah. Not, yeah as bad. far as I know, yeah.
1: Yeah, the Chinese angle is interesting.
0: Yeah, it's um, but it's interesting. The whole sadoji Nakamoto like lore is pretty, uh, is pretty fascinating.
1: Yeah. Um, whenever you can't like uh, understand where something comes from, there's you know they found Saddam Hussein in a pit and you know Gaddafi in a you water drainage pipe. Like I just can't believe they can't find somebody in the, on this day in on the earth.
0: Yeah, it's hard to, well, that's the other thing. So it's like you start thinking like, okay, well, they, they. how can they not, you know, with all the resources, like this is a bit, it's not like Bitcoin is like trading at a hundred dollars anymore, right? It's enough money that like, you know, major financial institutions are involved. Like,
1: like when a plane goes down, you tell me they really can't find it. They can, you know, if I see galaxies <laughs> on the other side, you know, this light that is hitting the earth is from three million years ago when the yeah. star blew up and you can't find, I just have a hard time believing with the resources we have on earth today. That when something is like, what are those stones that are in the States that look like the uh, tablets that have all the words written on them? What do they call them? Uh, and they say, you know, what the population of the earth is supposed to be.
0: In the States? Yeah.
1: There's I don't um, know what that is. They're called emerald stones. They kind of look like three or four stone hedgy type tablets that were mysteriously found one morning somewhere in the States on a nice grassy plain. And on them, just like Moses with the Ten Commandments, has like the, the charting of what they want the world to be. Okay, so it's something like, you know, the world population must be at this. We must have a green sustainable. Uh, these are the languages and whatnot. And I believe on there's several, the several stones and on each side of the stone has the, uh, the new commandments, let's say, in a different language. So you'll have Greek, Latin, Hebrew, English with the same things written down. Fair enough. Nobody knows who put them there. Okay. But when a structure has been found... And and we don't know who put it there. Why isn't it taken down? You can't even build a shed in your backyard without having all kinds of variance laws and everything else. And you can just install stones. Well,
0: I, I've never heard of this before. Oh. Where where was this uh, built? Or
1: I will I can look it up. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So the they're called the Georgia Guide Stones, and they're made from granite. Uh, apparently, they were erected in 1980 in Albert County, Georgia, United States. A set of 10 guidelines is inscribed on the structure in 8 modern languages and a shorter message is described at the top of the structure in four ancient language scripts. When when did they pop up? 1980. Mm. And so my my point is um on, um you know there's a my point is like you can't even get something built in your backyard without going through the government yet these things can mm. stand around. So there's, there's some weird stuff that goes on in the earth. Like, w- these are giant stones.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, like, there's there's weird stuff that goes on. I think that, uh, you know, something like that is probably, you know, somebody just put them up one day. <laughs> like Sure, but then why didn't somebody take them down? Well, is there, where were they put up? Like, in the middle of nowhere? Or? In a
1: grassy field, yeah, I don't know.
0: Maybe the it's kind of like a tourist attraction now or something. A-
1: could be, but then they have to be legalized. They got to be something, you know, there's weight that can fall on somebody. Somebody might be sued.
0: So just, you know, maybe. I mean, I, yeah, like, uh, I think there's a lot. Well, again, I can't wait till we do our conspiracy theory uh, episode, but like, um, I think there's a lot of things that we just don't know about that happen that are behind the scenes. Like, I think this whole Satoshi Nakamoto thing, um, I feel like it's unlikely that this was one guy created this and started you know sort of putting this out into the world and uh, nobody knows who he is like um, you know the I think Hal Finney is sort of the leading contender uh, who is a cryptographer that lived in the same you know he you know he's sort of in the space it was all these like um, cypherpunks that in that era that were doing these kinds of things but they all sort of knew each other and it was like um, I mean, this guy kind of came out of nowhere and he created this thing uh, and it was beautiful and brilliant. Like, I just don't think that you like that kind of thing is usually done by um, like those kinds of people are usually picked up by, you know, government agencies to Mm -hmm. to develop things like this. Right. So like um, I mean, that's not a good enough reason, but I just think that, you know, it, it would make it would be a very smart thing to do by the U.S. government if it happened that way. Um, and then you get the, you know, the silence afterwards and like, um, um, just a lot of the, uh, a lot of things that happened after regarding, uh, Satoshi, like you, you just start thinking like, well, if it was just some guy who did it, it just seems like we would know who he is by now.
1: Well, you do have to wonder too, like, like just the timing of things. Cause you know, they used to be a big thing, like the American government, should we, you know, we have to vote in Congress whether we can spend more money and go over uh, how many trillion. Right. The debt and it was, ceiling. Yeah, and it was such a big thing. And you know, every couple of years, here we go again. Are we going to raise the debt ceiling anymore? or Not. I don't know. And I, you know, especially with the pandemic and stuff, it's like all that there is no more ceiling. People right. are spending like there is a new system coming, and let's forget in, to the point us being in Canada, when you have the prime minister. Saying well, the debt will just take care of itself. The budget, yeah. The budget will just take care of itself, you know, and then in turn, the debt that goes along with the massive, you know, uh, spending that they were doing doesn't really seem like anyone is really concerned about, you know, maintaining the integrity of the financial systems we already have in place. Yeah, and you have to ask yourself why.
0: I think so. There's I have this whole theory called um, it's almost like I don't really have a name for it, but the God. It's like the God. you put you put god into the equation maybe this is a bigger topic because i happen to believe in god and and it's sort of a divine plan and everything like that and um you know I, I don't claim to know it or you know whether it's a static thing or whatever whatever i but i do think that there's there's a god and i sort of when i look at things like you know nuclear proliferation or you know why we haven't all destroyed each other by now i think it's kind of the god effect it's like you know it's almost like the anthropic principle where it's like if somebody, you know, the anthropic principle is kind of like if you, um, the reason that our society, there's a very, it's, it's implausible that humans would ever have kind of come out of nowhere, right? So it's like, and, and the anthropic principle says, um, yes, but even if it's so improbable that it wouldn't only happen once in a, you know, bazillion, you know, whatever you want to call it, years or something we're still the one that's in that year so it seems like statistically it would be improbable but we wouldn't be around to observe it if it wasn't Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so it's it's kind of obviously meta but it's like um in a way it's kind of like that it's like we haven't blown ourselves up and you know you could say well it's like it's never been in our best interest but there's been a lot of cataclysms that sort of should have happened like we haven't been hit by an asteroid in a while you know what i mean like there's a lot of things that i feel like should have wiped us out and i feel like it's probably be you know probably but i i I think i think that it it makes sense as a theory that it's just god just hasn't allowed it yet and i i know that sounds i know that sounds loopy but it's like um when i when i apply things uh when i apply that to um various um subjects i i it it, things sort of make sense and coalesce so this is i mean this is obviously i guess a bigger conversation but it's uh um, you know, um so Jesus won't
1: allow crypto to go down. <laughs>
0: right. Well, no, but it's like it's it's a little bit like that in the sense that um, there seems to be, uh, you know, when you see things like the Cuban Missile Crisis not kind of um, evolving into a full-scale war mm-hmm. or you see, like there's people working behind the scenes is what I'm saying. Oh, for and, sure. and I think for the people sure. that we see on a day-to day basis, like the Joe Bidens or the Justin Trudeau's, like pure figureheads at this point, like, mm-hmm. Uh, and the, you know the real smart people are the ones that are working like you know wherever like on the black ops teams or deep in the defense department yeah, or wherever
1: during pandemic of the coronavirus you're like where where are your rambos when you need them working behind the scenes not the, but here we are we did go through a huge two-year shutdown almost
0: and when you think of things like if they're if their contingency planning is so far ahead that they're doing things like developing bitcoin and playing it off like it's a decentralized network and it's like technically it is but let's just start bringing the mining here and we already have all these reserves then it's kind of more like genius like that's a genius way to do that now i don't maybe i give them too much credit but you you start wondering about other things how things have played out in the world and why you know people like you said like don't sort of seem so concerned like why you know we don't have any manufacturing in north america very little anymore so like is there a concern in that and intellectual property going away and it's kind of like I don't know. It's like when it really comes down to it, I think that the governments of the world are kind of like, I think the really smart people are like, are already thinking like 20 years ahead.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, we never get to see who these people are and have some faith in it.
0: <laughs> true, <laughs> yeah. Because we,
1: we look at our leaders, as you mentioned, you're like, I don't know about yeah, the future. Yeah, <laughs> like, this doesn't see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, no, it's Show, true. Me, show me these yeah. geniuses behind the scenes, you know? Yeah,
0: you're, maybe it's maybe it's just wishful thinking. But, um, and, uh, you know, I guess if it's not... Or maybe uh, it's the
1: tension. It's like everyone's got just too much uh, at stake. And so there's no, you know, no a team of top 10 people in each country, but literally just thousands of people, like... Toyota doesn't want something bad to happen, so their best people are working on it. And IBM doesn't want something bad to happen to the world, so their best people. You know, you wonder like, you know, like how many of these companies, just private companies, don't like, are are, are don't want World War Three to happen because it's bad for business. So they're actually, you know, involved way more than we would think with like Russia and Ukraine not getting to something bigger
0: yeah maybe and i mean there's a certain argument where it's like okay for world war three it's like really nobody wants it to happen like you know so it's kind of like maybe that's just it's all um um sort of uh blustering and like you know like maybe maybe putin is like you know i'm sure he doesn't want moscow to go up in smoke you know what i mean so it's like you know well really just comes back to mutually assured destruction but like I don't know, it never, when you're hearing the the stories about this, like, it, it, there's a real brinksmanship that goes on. So you're kind of like, it seems like, you know, it's like one day he's going to wake up and be like, you know what, mm-hmm. and same with Kim Jong-un, you know, like, mm-hmm. he, it just seems like he's like, you know, a, a bad hair day away from, you know, nuking, you know, Tokyo. And so. if we
1: really wanted him gone, he would be gone.
0: That's, yeah, that's the other thing, right? So you start thinking of like all those years, I mean, the the Bush administration, what a wasted time that was, yeah. but like uh, Bush Jr., obviously, but like, um, you know, all the time going after Iraq when, you know, why not take out North Korea? And I, I don't know. But um, yeah, that's a whole rabbit hole, I'm sure. Uh, you know, so let's, uh, I guess, pull it back. It does get a little bit, uh, you know, I do love a good conspiracy, but, uh, and I do Who think don't? that we... <laughs> we should have uh you know a good episode or two on that um and uh you know explore the various um and multitude of conspiracies that potentially exist but uh yeah but as far as bitcoin like i don't who, you know who knows uh the satoshi nakamoto um you know the origin may be um fairly um uh, no not irrelevant but it doesn't necessarily matter in the sense that uh, you know this is a thing that has taken on a life of its own now um, major you know financial institutions are you know building Bitcoin into their portfolios um, it's being offered to clients you can buy a house in Bitcoin in some places you know country nations are adopting it well, and it's,
1: I, it is interesting just because w- now whether <clears throat> <clears throat> there's nobody to blame and nobody to celebrate, for the system, it just is. Yeah, well, you can ce- celebrate
0: the early adopters, I guess. Uh, and there's a lot of, you know, um, sort of sad stories about people who are mining Bitcoin back in. You know, this is what makes me not feel too bad about my my uh, experiences in 2017, because uh, you know, there's people who. Well, there's a story of the the one guy who had mined something like 10,000 Bitcoin, and then he but he threw his hard drive away and then he offered millions of dollars for the town to dig it back up after oh, it went up. It's I heard like, about the pizza guy. Oh yeah. And then the yeah, pizza story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. But there's so many, anybody who was mining Bitcoin in those days is probably, um, you know, had a few uh, attempts at their own life at this point, unless they had, uh, managed to hodl it for that long. But um, yeah. Yeah.
1: So it just permeates and becomes part of our financial landscape. We don't know who started it. It's, it's a very strange thing. It's almost like human history. Where did we come from? You know, we've lost this uh, sort of thing. Maybe Maybe that's how these things get created. Things just... Yeah, somebody's it, pushing things from behind the scenes.
0: Well, and it does have a bit of that religious theme when you hear, you know, the first block that was created is called the Genesis block. Like it, you know, so it, yeah. it takes on a bit of that. The, you know, Satoshi Nakamoto, like is yeah. this uh, sort of almost mystical figure at this Japan, point? Japan
1: technology, an island you know, like say, Right, it's just, right. You know,
0: um, but um, but yeah, it, it is something that uh, has has come into our our world now, and it's something that um, we need to. Um, I think embrace, at least in part, and I think it's important. I, I think that it's like, you know, one of the arguments you'll get about Bitcoin is like, like you know, well, it's not based on anything. They just pluck it out of nowhere. And it's like, that's not really true. Like, it, it it's, um, you know, it's built into the protocol. Like, it's built into the protocol that a certain amount of Bitcoin will be mined if fairly regularly uh, up to a certain point. It's finite. It's built. That's all built into the protocol um, the rules are built into the protocol. What are the rules of the financial system? I would turn it around and say, you know like what are the rules on when you can print money? They used to have yeah. the debt ceiling. they don't have it anymore. <coughs> and like, obviously
1: like, two thousand and eight showed a lot of the rules don't do much to prevent exactly. Yeah. catastrophic you know downturns.
0: yeah. so I think that you know overall, this is something I mean, you could certainly make the argument whether you know this is maybe this isn't the solution the world needs, but I think it's I think it I think it's um, potentially one of them. Do you and think I,
1: this coaxes the average person along? Because, like, I don't know about Bitcoin, but if TD Bank would just come out with one, then I could see myself using that. And so then a certain percentage of the digital currency globally is going to be decentralized, but they're not really worried about that. They're just using that as a yeah, – it's interesting, like, just as an early adopter, get the message out there and – uh I don't want to say bait and switch, but then they'll present the legitimate digital currency afterwards, which everybody will run to because that would be perceived as more legitimate or at least sold that way.
0: Yeah. I mean, Um, I guess if you wanted to be cynical, you could think that the U S government created Bitcoin, um, and for that purpose, it's like this will get people on board something initially and then we'll change to the uh, CBDCs where we'll have more authoritarian control. We can start issuing, you know, mm. basic income. And it
1: comes off as so freedom and autonomous and, you know, right. personal freedoms. And, and like you not. said, it's a bait and switch. And you switch over to the controlled version.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's it's that's sad to think if that's <laughs> the way things are going. But, you know, because it really is two different things. And it's a really, and unfortunately my faith in... Uh, humanity is not such that I believe that they'll always make the best choice. So like I, you know, have this sort of 90% rule and it's like, I think that 90% of the people mostly just follow what they're told. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's unfortunate because I think that that scenario you just described is whole bait and switch is very possible and maybe even likely like, I, and there's a big difference between uh, a decentralized um, currency like Bitcoin and you know a, something a central bank would offer just that's digital.
1: Hmm. Well, um, have you heard <clears throat> some of the theories? Like when you have the centralized uh, digital currency, central bank digital currency, CBDCs, CBDCs, uh, they're also programmable. So right. you can have attributes attached, like exp- expiration dates. Mm-hmm. You have these coins and you must use them. Let's say a tax credit, but yeah. you must use it within six months or so, and then it forces consumption into the economy and whatnot or you tap your phone or your wrist or whatever to pay with it. But if you've had too much uh, red meat this week, you simply will get a discount on a green salad and try to nudge you that way for personal, you know, right? psychological nudging sort of yeah. thing. You can really do a lot of deep psychological stuff with this.
0: Yeah, and I think that that's, uh, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's like nightmarish to think of that. But, you know, it it is. It's like you don't, it's like death by a thousand cuts. You know, you don't notice the first few or you don't notice, you know, in the same way that I think Bitcoin is gradually being adopted, um, the opposite might also be true in the sense that we might be um, becoming a little more susceptible to sort of being okay with having our lives controlled in that way. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's a big danger. We're
1: told it's individual, you know, personal autonomy, decentralized to the point where uh, there's arms deals going on when the whole reality is it may turn into a government centralized, uh, more of a voucher rather than actual cash because you can only spend it on things the government Mm -hmm. has programmed it to be spent on. Yeah you know, um, you could just really switch it. So the complete opposite may be true of what Bitcoin is being sold to us right now.
0: Well, so I want to just make clear that we're talking about, these are two different things. Like Bitcoin is one thing and then you have the CBDCs and then you have, but... What you're saying in terms of a psychological shift in, you know, you, acceptance you, acceptance of something like a Bitcoin, and then just be like, well, this is basically Bitcoin what we're offering, mm-hmm. but it's a lot easier, and you're insured, and you don't have to worry about like mm-hmm. finding a wallet. In fact, we'll just send you some. We'll, we'll give you some free. Like here's your hundred dollars of, um, you know, Canada coin or whatever, like that. We'll send to you, and you can. Um, spend it on whatever you want but gets people on board that
1: you may hear like you know that's sort of like i know digital currency is the future but i just want the legit one
0: <laughs> you know like right, the average. Right.
1: Then, what will that be the one that's talked about the most advertised the most right right government spokespeople are on tv endorsing it and telling you and for sending sure, your credits sure. there and somehow then you're not scared of the world of digital currency in general but if you're going to be part of that world you're going to want the one that is endorsed by the country that you live in sort of thing
0: yeah Strange, strange. So you know, I guess you've asked me. Uh, you asked me earlier. You know, what what is the benefit in Bitcoin, right? Like, yeah. what's the what's the sort of value add? What,
1: what would be the benefit now, mm-hmm. and what would be my benefit long term? Why why do I need this in my life now?
0: So um, I would say that you know, I, I first of all, um, I'm not. Like I, I I think I take a more balanced view of this I do think I, I I think bitcoin is beautiful in a in a technical way and I think it's beautiful in a almost utopian I guess I am sound now I say I do sound a little biased but like um I think that it, I think it is a beautiful in its in, in its essence that it's based on math that it's based on um cryptography and that it's pure ownership like you're you're responsible for it you're the the there's um agency in a person the person has agency over themselves and their financial future uh as opposed to the alternatives the alternatives now and the sort of ghastly alternatives of the cbdc's going forward and not that i don't think there would be uses for that as well but there's a big difference between bitcoin and some sort of central bank issued digital currency Um, i think Bitcoin is all about freedom. If you're comfortable, if you want to be, um, if you want to have the ability to spend money on whatever you want, whenever you want, not be restricted uh, as to when you can spend it or how you can spend it, um, not to be have your spending tracked, not to have... Um, you know, the government be able to shut off your, your money. Um, like these are all pros for Bitcoin. Yeah. It sounds like so George,
1: George, Washington would have loved Bitcoin. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know, those are the pros and you can say that what are the cons? Like there are some cons there's um, uh, like, we didn't get into it much, but there is an environmental concern sort of associated with it because of how much fossil fuels are burned um, doing the mining process and that
1: can be solved with nuclear fusion one day. Yeah, there's yeah,
0: solutions yeah. that are being like one of the things is um, y- y- there are there are some sort of clever ways around this and it, it, the, the in stabilizing power grids and like using renewable energy as kind of that's you know the fact that Bitcoin mining is such a stable for uh, for us and it can be easily switched on and switched off. Um, there's a certain benefit that has for power grids to sort of bank on that Mm. and then it it gives a little more time for renewable energies to have to find a market um you know and um it allows those those sort of renewable markets to grow as well so that's i think important for you know i don't i don't know i'm not entirely convinced that it's like Necessarily going to offset the damage of uh, all the mining, but you also have to think of like how much damage is being done, you know, uh, printing dollar bills, sure. printing, you know, like it, the whole car, like, living, yeah, yeah. The and I don't like you don't remember, yeah, exactly. Like so the, the the percentage of Bitcoin mining in terms of total energy consumption of the world is pretty minuscule. So it's not like it's like you know we're not talking about like. Um, right now is something that is such a huge uh such a huge problem and i think that by the time it would become a bigger problem uh there'll be solutions in place to solve it, like you know renewable energy sources and such mm. which it's sort of helping to finance um so the other thing i would say is that you know it is that you know the very thing that is the feature which is the freedom um the and the financial responsibility it could be a bug in many for many people like if you you know um like certainly right now if you don't have the um like you know it takes a little effort to to get a digital wallet to like you know use it i mean it's not certainly not a herculean effort but it is something that you have to kind of invest into and if you're the kind of person who just doesn't you know have a lot of um a time for this or you just, you know, maybe you're the kind of person who, who got the, the the vaccine without thinking. You're like, oh, that's what you're supposed to do. I got other things to take care of. Maybe you don't want to think about that. Uh, maybe you just want to, like, get your, um, you know, have your bank account, be able to tap on something. And that's a different way to live. I mean, you, and, like, there's a convenience to that. And there's a, I mean, the I think the problem with that is it's just this inherent trust in uh, authority, which I, I find troublesome. But, like, you see a lot of the measures. And
1: growing. I might think.
0: I think so, People yeah. People are
1: looking to outsource their the responsibility to it. Mm. Mm. And if Bitcoin is really taking on personal responsibility, yeah, it might. it's a different type of person Yeah, that would be attracted to Bitcoin and a different type of person that would be attracted to a CBDC.
0: Yeah, I, I think I think it would be. And unfortunately, uh, the way I look at the world now, I think it would be more likely to be like that 90-10 split. And mm. I think 10% maybe would... Uh, but you know what? I, I would also argue that there are now um, financial packages that can kind of include, like if, you know, a Bitcoin ETF, for example, You, you, you so you don't have to. You can still be exposed to dabble. Bitcoin. Yeah. And you're, you're still offsetting your I don't your
1: smoke rules. it, but I invest in it.
0: Right, right. Well, because then you're protected. Like, you, you know, you're at least protected under financial rules because it's a regulate, regulated industry. So you're not going to lose your Bitcoin, but like, um, mm. and you're insured. So that yeah. might be something that some people would do. But yeah, overall I think that it comes down to a question of what level of responsibility you're comfortable with and what well, how much faith you have in the government to make decisions um that are going to be to your to it's your like benefit.
1: In the, the- gridded future people, the 90% who live in cities and the 10% of undesirables who decide to go live in the woods. And they're the ones on Bitcoin. Right, yeah. <laughs> well, oh, With their USB sticks hidden <laughs> behind rocks. <laughs>
0: there's a lot of like carved into the rocks. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of... Um, X marks the spot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there, there, there's a lot of... Um, there's sort of a persona almost of uh, the sort of average Bitcoin maximalist, which is very like, you know... Uh, I am almost hesitate to say it because it almost... Um, gives a um, uh, a bad impression uh, but it's you know it's just very like you know kind of like very independent very um, sort of rugged you know loves guns loves Bitcoin like lives in the woods you know hunts well, his own are all, food these
1: are all attributes around independence yeah and personal yeah. and personal responsibility and, and to the max as you were saying
0: right hmm yeah it's an it's an interesting uh, milieu and um, I think that the uh, um yeah i think a certain type of person would definitely be attracted to it but the question is like i don't know what the average person would be like, like i so these are these are sort of the pros and the cons like i do i think in terms of just investment if you're just like i want to make some money yeah i think it's like it's proven to be an asset that goes up there's big you know institutions that are buying it there's big there's companies that are starting to put it on their bank uh, on their um, balance sheet so yeah i think it's i think it definitely think it's a good investment um but you know uh
1: long term we'll have to see because i'm not sure I'm, the more i'm sitting here thinking about it like i, I the 90 percent the people who are deferring to authority and like you said the early vaxxers if you want to call them and the uh, um i don't want you to get too deep to but you know um government will solve everything I, everyone's a victim please uh where's my structure to help support me mm-hmm. that that's that's the trend and um if that represents the larger part of the economy, then that's going to be where the growth is going to be in digital currency.
2: Yeah. Hmm.
1: So maybe maybe the big run right now to get things up and going is a Bitcoin, but maybe 15, 20 years from now, you'll see a lot more parity between that and the centralized version. Or, may- or the pendulum may just totally swing. They, we are. You know, maybe, and it maybe already has, you know, globally, I think a lot of people have realized they can't really trust the news for the most part, certain de- age demographics, you mm-hmm. know, and therefore that means not trusting centralized authority figures, right. including then extending to the government and whatnot, and maybe willing to go more community-based and rogue per se. Yeah. I know you, you know me, let's do business. Right. Kind of thing, <laughs> Let's you make know? lots of money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, yeah, I think it's an inter- it's such a, a interesting time to be alive. Like, whatever you want to say about it, like, we're certainly facing some problems. But, you know, there were arguably tougher problems, you know, earlier on. I think we're facing different problems now. But I think that Bitcoin fits, you know, it's sort of like um, a new player has entered the game, you know, in terms of you want to just look at the whole broad spectrum of um, um, sort of geopolitical financial um um players like it's it's something that is completely different um it is a it's almost like a wild card i and for me it's like you want to have a piece of the wild card that's that's the way i look at it and i do think it's i do think you know in in terms of a philosophical you know i think philosophically I, i like supporting it you know i i think it's important
1: oh yeah you have to you know vote with your dollars, sort of thing the more you're talking and the more i'm dwelling on this I understand on a deeper level from the technical side to the philosophical side that we're at now. Um, this is an underlying technology and a means to do commerce that will not be disappearing at any time in the future.
0: I don't think it will be. I mean, it can certainly be devalued, like um, we talked about the EMPs. Mm-hmm. Uh, You know, you can always have something disastrous happen where, you know, we don't have the Internet anymore. And then the whole Bitcoin network comes to a stop because there's no real backup network that I know of, like um, DARPAnet or something.
1: Yeah, but you could, like, to be, you know, to take your side, like, you could have cash under the bed, but it doesn't mean anyone accepts cash in the future either.
0: Yeah, Like, anything can happen. Right, you know,
1: oh, that might have some sort of virus on it. I'm just not touching it. Yeah, you know,
0: it's a hedge, like 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 anything else. Like you want to have redundancy built in, and um, yeah, and I think it's um, it's also a hedge that you can make a lot of money off of. So it's um, because of the the how of,
1: how much are you interested in this as a stock investment, and how much are you interested in it as an actual form of currency?
0: I think almost more than both of those, I would say, as a store of value. I think that. Okay. We're heading into some uncharted territory in terms of geopolitically.
1: Is that incredible? You're saying a store of value on the most untested, perhaps right, right. Component. Yeah. So and, and what does volatile. that mean about our legacy systems?
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it it I think belies a real sense of distrust, and and I feel that distrust because you know you can see it, and you can. It's a distrust in the value of the dollar because of how much money is being printed. It's a distrust in our government's ability, or you know. Um, ability to um, you know handle our put their hands into our pockets and uh, you know seize our assets if they if they want to and it's a distrust frankly in society like I think there's a like for me I I look at what happened during COVID and I just think there were a lot of people that were real quick to to uh, take the government side of uh, what they were presenting and not question it, oh, yeah, and so whether whether some yeah. of it was right, whether it, you know whether it was based on truth or not, like some of, there, there was just this unquestioning acquiescence. When
1: you say trust the science, the science it's really saying like trust authority.
0: Right, right, yeah, because because people aren't distinguishing like trust the science should be trust the scientific method. It's not it's not a it's not an institution. It's no. not a thing. It's about a process, yeah. and uh, I think that. People forgot that and uh, you know and I don't necessarily trust that they won't forget it again. So I think that Bitcoin represents um, a hedge against uh, society in some ways. We're saying like look everything else can get all screwed up but I'll always have this and so will the people that think like me.
1: Unless we go total thermal nuclear,
0: no more electricity
1: on Earth. Yeah, but again, then we yeah. have bigger problems. Then yeah. it's like going yeah, yeah, to like, yeah. no currency is going
0: to. Yeah, you. how to how to figure out how to hunt squirrel in a yeah. sewer? Right? Yeah. Like you know
1: bars of gold. We're always back to the gold.
0: Yeah, well, uh, gold is sort of immutable you got to store it too. still,
1: and you know protect it. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be an easy. Yeah,
0: way. I I don't think to be honest, like a lot of there's this whole debate between gold versus Bitcoin. Like there's sort of players on each side, and I don't think it necessarily has to be mutually exclusive right like you've got like gold's been around forever like you can't say that this uh, bitcoin's a new gold and gold's just going to drop in value i mean it has an intrinsic value and it always has and because of its immutability i think it always will so um you know i think bitcoin is a a more modern alternative and you can move bitcoin a lot quicker than you can gold like obviously uh, you can I think it's a lot more malleable, whereas I think gold is pretty fixed. But it's, uh, you know, gold gold has its uses. Like I would, you know, if I if I had vast stores of wealth, I would be buying gold too. You know, but um,
1: yeah, yeah, it's hard to shave a bar down and go get yourself a hamburger. Or like it's it's a very cumbersome means. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like you, and it probably
0: wouldn't be accepted. (laughs) Let's just go back to Harvey. How foolish of them! (laughs) Uh, Yeah.
1: So to your point, it is more. It's uh, neither. an investment tool or like a practical spending tool is you're looking at it as a storage of wealth tool. Yeah. Bitcoin, like you would a piece of gold.
0: Yeah. Well, you have to think too, if you look at um, that figure I gave you earlier, where it's like, you know, even if one of total global wealth becomes Bitcoin at some point in the future, you're still looking at $1 million of Bitcoin. And right now we're at 40,000. So mm-hmm. in terms of that, and I mean, that is sort of the low end on term in terms of, uh, you know, if you're talking about Bitcoin really taking over some reserve uh being the reserve currency in some some
1: countries isn't 120th like a huge amount maybe
0: well it's a lot it's a lot more than it is now but it's also um you know you're thinking of that like i mean the you know right now the u.s dollar is uh you know i actually have no idea what but but i don't know if that's over 50 percent or not but i would think so just because there's so much Mm. a lot of countries have i would say most countries the vast majority of countries even um, have U.S. dollars in their reserve uh, because it's, you know, that's the global it's currency, as good as right? Gold.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Well, no, it's, digital sh- currencies here. I think that as I talk <laughs> to you more, it's here to stay. It's a, it's a mechanism. Whether it's going to end up 100% centralized, decentralized, a mixture of both.
0: Yeah, I just uh, and and again, I like not to sort of drone on about it, but I do hope that there's a distinction made by people to realize that just because a currency is digital doesn't necessarily mean it's decentralized, mm-hmm. and like it's the decentralization that is the the thing about. Uh, Bitcoin, yeah, they'll never but,
1: sell it as centralized. They'll sell it as a more protective, more right. secure. Uh, yeah, they'll give it a CDIC sort of acronym that says you have you got a certain amount of insurance on it. You
0: know. Yeah, they'll say like, look, all <laughs> of the five big Canadian banks are running these nodes, or mm-hmm. and that's so. It's, in that sense, it's decentralized. But it's yeah. you know, it's like well, but you control. The, you know, there's yeah. there's some understanding amongst that yeah, yeah. cobble of uh, owners. So anyway, but but you know what? Again, I could see the other side saying, what about? Uh, I think Bitcoin right now is fairly decentralized, but you never know. Uh, you could see mining companies, you know, kind of coming together and forming little like unions. And they, so,
1: Do you think governments then at the end, like, do you think they fear Bitcoin?
0: I don't think that. I, I think that it's on their radar. I don't think that they fear it. I think that it's um, not big enough for them to fear. And I think that they think that if it ever gets big enough, they can control it. Mm. And they might be right. I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's incredible the power they have. They can it just is make yeah. write the rules as they're going. Really. Write the
0: rules and write the money.
1: Yeah. And would the would the centralized version then have an infinite or a set number? Would it work the same? Do you think? Like, or would we get into the same sort of Federal Reserve issues?
0: Yeah, I think we'd see the exact same thing we see now Hmm. Uh, with uh, central, like with with reserve banks. Like they'd probably fractional banking and everything like that. Yeah, Yeah. they'd impose some arbitrary debt ceiling and then they'd raise it. Like um, I think it would be the same thing. Hmm. Uh, I think it would be a lot more convenient for a lot of people, and I think that that has an appeal to it that can't be underestimated. Like I think that the idea that you would get your, you know, your you almost wouldn't have to worry about tax doing your taxes because yeah. it would all be pre-done and yeah, like sure. done immediately. You'd get a new check. You'd like look, you'd open your phone and you'd be like, Oh, I just yeah. got a, I have an extra 200 uh, social credit scores oh, here yeah, that I can spend. It ties digital ID. Yeah. And yeah. you're
1: know, like, you know, the government says I don't need to get vaccinated, but I don't even have to show them anything. They just add a little bit of tax to my T4 yeah. slip.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> well, pretty soon we'll be lucky enough. We won't have to have any independent thought at all. We can just all strap S- in and watch Netflix so all convenient. day. <laughs> yeah. So convenient. What a life gonna um, be strapped in the metaverse we've got to do a metaverse episode
1: 100 percent uh, this is the, but this is the metaverse this is just one part of the metaverse
0: I think you start getting into that whole uh CBdc thing and the social credit store and that starts to get real black mirror and real like um you can see that getting into uh, I it, it really comes you know I hate to always bring this up but it comes back to the matrix and it like really comes back to being like um I can just see a society evolving where we're just blobs of flesh that we're strapped in. We're just, you know, playing out our our lives in quotes, like in some simulated reality. And
1: well, if you sell it as like it's safer, no one really gets for hurt. For sure, for and sure. There's no virus exchange between peoples. You know. And yeah, you, yeah. You will feel like it's just as real as anything else. It is reality if your mind perceives it to be. Yeah.
0: And yeah. question for you though. Is that even a bad thing? Like, when you think about it, if it really is simulating reality, isn't that just good enough to be reality? Like, what your mind doesn't know the difference. So, and it is safer. You know what I you mean? Know, like
1: Maybe this is like, it's like paying for a prostitute. Like, yes, you get what you want, <laughs> um, but it wasn't real because you didn't earn it. There's some, maybe there's the value in the struggle right and that can never i guess you can program in struggle i'm sure you can yeah you got video games of different you know difficulty levels and whatnot
0: yeah you could well i mean part of it could be you have to achieve a certain thing i mean i know i know what you mean i'm playing devil's advocate to some degree but it's like you i can certainly see the argument to be like um uh it's like um cypher is it cypher in the matrix a guy who's eating the Mm -hmm. steak and he's like i know it's yeah. Yeah. He's like eating this this delicious steak, and he's like, "I know it's fake, but I put this in here. I put this in my mouth, and it's uh, and it tastes like heaven or something." Mm-hmm. And it's like, "Yeah, it's like, um, but you still want to believe that some part of you will think this isn't real, and you'll doubt it." I think
1: uh, I think you know you've changed my mind actually. If you if you perceive it with all your senses to be real, it becomes real. Hmm.
0: Well. Just, uh, Zuckerberg, we just have a new recruit here. Yeah,
1: no, if you, I just, you know, and and it's maybe because I'm hungry, but, you know, the whole steak thing, if it feels completely legit, fills you, Mm -hmm. tingles in all the right places in your mouth, uh, the smells, you know, how is it not real to you?
0: Yeah, exactly. And you're also safe because you're protected in whatever physical structure they have. You're um achieving, you're experiencing a lot of things you would never experience in life. You're traveling, you're meeting people that exist or don't Dream exist in lives. reality. Yeah. yeah. So like, if you really, if you really think about it, I mean, it sounds like a dystopia, but maybe it's a utopia.
1: Heaven on earth.
0: Yeah. And maybe it's the only way to achieve heaven on earth, right? Like, um, you know, how many people, well, think of the average, you know, I don't, maybe this is a whole other episode, but um, I, Think about the average, you know, think of Jeff Bezos. You guys got a pretty good life, Mm -hmm. like, you know, pretty incredible life. Like going up, uh, you know, I just watched that Netflix, uh, Elon Musk um, going back to space or whatever. Good documentary. Uh, It's just, just kind of came out. And um, um, I I find Elon Musk is like the, the poster child for somebody who has just an incredible life. Like I can just assume like he just wakes up and he's like, what am I going to do or say today? And it's just like Mm -hmm. changes the world. Um, But like, that's one person out of like billions. Yeah, like the average person is never going to achieve anything close to that. So, doesn't it make more sense for them to not achieve it in this world, but maybe they're the Elon Musk in some alternate reality, right? Like um, that they're sort of the masters of, you know, never mind most of the people don't exist. Like,
1: do you interact with like other people who are truly other people or just like computer programs? Because if they're truly other people, everybody wants to be the. King yeah. of the castle sort of thing. <laughs> right, right. Everybody's Elon Musk
0: no, in this place. <laughs> but guess what? Maybe maybe they have this, uh, this algorithm. They have like, they they say, you can do whatever you want. We're going to mix in a random amount of real people and fake people, and you yeah. won't know which ones they are anyway. Yeah. So you can always tell yourself, like, this this woman I'm married to is the real deal. Like, she's mm-hmm. obviously a real person. And, you know, at some point, it just blend, it bleeds in. Like, it doesn't matter at some point.
1: We're we're, fucked. <laughs> we're so fucked. Are we though, There's or no are we about this. to be this saved? This is destiny. Yes. Well, it's just it's uh, it's like watching a one of those disaster movies, and a tsunami is coming at the size of the uh, Empire State <laughs> Building, slowly rolling towards you. The wave, and it will it will obliterate everything that's in, in front of you. It might it might create a new world, but uh, you can't stop it.
0: I'll tell you something else that I I I almost think that this is inevitable. Like, I almost think that this is, um, I just had a hair on my glasses there. Um, I almost think that uh, glitch in the matrix. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it almost seems like it's inevitable. And I try to think of ways that, uh, it wouldn't be. And I don't even know whether it would be a good thing or a bad thing. That's, what's really crazy. All I know is buy Facebook stock.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I'm a caveman sometimes. And I, 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 you know, obviously I like nice things. I like a good life. I like to achieve Um, to a point. There's a fine line between ambition and greed. And getting that balance just harmoniously correct is uh, something that is easy for some people, difficult for others. But I think it's a good thing overall to find that balance. But um, this world that is coming has none of that naturally. Maybe we can program some of that in mm-hmm. to it if we choose to. Uh, who are the programmers, and who you know? What yeah. options do we have to choose from? You know, what, if I were to advocate for the other side, what am I advocating for? Less technology, more of an agricultural life. Like, yeah. it's interesting. Like the Amish, I'd like to see some stats. Do they live longer? Have less heart attacks? And yeah. Like,
0: well, what's their happiness ha- level? Right? How did they like,
1: handle coronavirus? You know, yeah. and stuff like that. Um, I mean, I, bringing it back to that, I heard that they actually just met it head on. Like, well. Some people are going to die. We'll try our best, and, right, uh, right. but you know, if we're still going to pass the wine around at communion and drink from it like we always did and say la vie, yeah. and I think they took their hits early on, but overall, their, their society, their structure survived, you know, right.
0: and with their principles intact as well.
1: And with yeah, and the world they reemerge into is the world they uh, you know um, entered coronavirus as, right. so they don't come out of it to transformed to some build back better the new normal. The the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the new normal for them is you know the 1600s, and they're very happy with that. Some balance has to be struck between the two worlds, of which, of course, currencies and the way we we do money has always been transforming. You know, it's funny you go back and read ancient Greek plays, and even from, you know, about four a classical high classical period golden age like 400 BC. Um, forget which one it was, maybe Electra, but they were even debating what is money, what does this do? I have this coin and I get this thing for it. What and there's a whole several pages on it. I forget the, the character's name. And I just found it so contemporary and so urban. Like they were literally debating from the moment money was created, what is money?
0: Boy, that's the Greeks for you. And <laughs>
1: what should I be doing with this? And, you know, I, I, it's not a piece of Kleenex to blow my nose. You know, it's not a spear to go hunt an animal. It's some um, yeah, metaphorical thing I hold in my hand that could also be my ring. It could be a necklace. This little coin has a value. Like it's quite, it was quite a thing. And here we are, two and a half thousand years later, basically um, debating the uh, digital and far more intangible mm. variation of that. So the more things change, the more they stay the same.
0: Yeah. And well, I think the only reason we're even getting to that debate again is because the custodians of money uh, for lack of a better word are we're irresponsible with it and we in it's it isn't really what it used to be so it's um and it's taking on properties as we've seen you know time and again in the u.s especially um well and in other countries i just just know the u.s better but like um you you know something you know the the rules of the game are rigged like you have companies that should fail but just get saved with taxpayers money yeah. and you start thinking well if the game is rigged then you know what is the point of this um you know what is the point in my my piece on the game on the game board it's like there's yeah. there's a uh, you know something that's when the debate i think arises again and you're like okay well let's go back to basics what are we trying to do here store value and and because it doesn't seem to be working the way that they're doing it
1: hmm. yeah it's complicated.
0: It's complicated. Um
1: Well, I I thank you. I, I this was interesting. I, I understand <laughs> it from a a couple of different viewpoints now. Um I'm not scared of it. I was hesitant of it before we started talking. I'm not scared of it now, but it's a, it's a work in progress. Yeah. Yeah. Globally. Yeah, our our, our children will be di- will be, you know, working in this world. You know, it'll be the norm, you know
0: yeah yeah it's it's really interesting um it's really interesting to see where we're going uh it's a it's a fascinating time to be alive like we're right on the brink of a lot of different things and uh you know money's no different um so yeah what we'll do is we'll put like maybe some links in the notes because uh, there are some good if you want to learn more of the technical aspects of bitcoin there's There are good videos out there, and there's I would definitely recommend to read the Satoshi Nakamoto white paper, which is I think you can find still at Bitcoin.org. I don't know, but I'll find out and put it in the notes. But um yeah, there's a lot of great information on this out there. And um I think it's if you're interested, um go forth and uh and seek knowledge.
1: What do you got to lose?
0: Hey, uh, you know, actually I wanted to say this one one last thing. Um there's a great well, you know, the it's an adage, So, but I, you see it when you're logging into like, um, it's like a Linux root, uh, if you want to sudo to something and give, it's like giving administrator access or whatever, uh, it's a sudo command, it's like, there always comes up as the adage, uh, with great power comes r- great responsibility. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a lot of what Bitcoin is too. I think that um, sort of translated into the, the Bitcoin ethos where it's, um, you know, you can do a lot with it, the, the world can be yours, but you, you have to responsible and and own and own that responsibility yeah yeah. own the responsibility um yeah so on that unless do you have anything else you want to add
1: no 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 it's great it's personal responsibility i'm just going to think but it's it'd be nice if it could be like personal responsibility (laughs) with like asterisks if you get in big trouble (laughs) we'll help you out (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) some something in between man
0: yeah no it's true but it, it might be that we can't have it both ways or you know maybe uh maybe there'll be some other solution that comes along that will let us do that but
1: okay that's for another day
0: yep okay all right and uh good night and thank you for listening
1: take care